For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts. Thank you for making the Neil Prendiville Show the most listened to talk show in Cork again. Cork's Red FM. Yeah, you heard what the man said. Thank you to each and every one of you. 77,000 on a daily basis is an incredible figure and we're so proud and so grateful on behalf of all of the team. So uh, 77,000 thanks. Appreciate it every single time. Uh, Paper-wise, this morning of course the bank holiday weekend ahead and there is yet another alert and rightly so of safety on the water. Fears of more drownings prompted uh, water chiefs to renew appeals to be wary and aware of dangers this bank holiday weekend. Um, you know, we were starting uh, the week there earlier talking about three people dying during the recent uh, record-breaking heat and several agencies have come out now and said you just have to be so, so cautious. Uh, I couldn't believe this. In fact, it's a story from the Connacht Tribune that we saw this morning. Uh, you would think it was April Fool's, but it's actually not. And it's bylaws that they're thinking of putting in place in Galway where dogs will be banned during summer days. Playing football or hurling will be outlawed on the beaches across the county. Lilos, inflatable water toys, will be prohibited. Um, I can kind of see half a reason for that. Uh, even yoga on the beach will have to get a licence from Galway County Council. You see what I was thinking? Is this for real or is it April Fool's? Anyone caught breaking the law will get an on-the-spot fine of 75 euro if they didn't pay it. Two grand if convicted in court. There will be a ban on dogs. But the craziness of talking or even suggesting banning playing football and hurling uh, because they said that it was a nuisance or a danger to others. I mean, that's insane. It's only during the week we were hearing time and time again uh, that young people, children and teenagers aren't getting enough vitamin D because they're stuck on mobile phones and indoors on tablets and laptops and watching television. And then above in Galway, they're talking about proposing to ban them from playing sports on a beach. The You know, the gross greediness of it all, lads, the profits that uh, energy and fuel companies companies are making. It's staggering and I, I don't know why we put up with it. Like you look this morning at Board Gosh, the company's operating profits soared by 74% in the first six months of this year alone. And that was the six month period when people were struggling most, when the government had to give them a couple of couple of bob to pay off a little bit of their gas or electric bill. I mean, you just, you just, you just wouldn't believe it. I mean, when you break down the figures, Board Gosh saw profits increase between January and June alone uh, to 39.5 million euro. So from January to June, Board Gosh made nearly 40 million. And that's double what they made in the same period last year. It's insane. Um, so there is still huge money to be made uh, by gas and, uh, you know, electric and um, fuel and, and, and gas company uh, providing services to the public, like 40 million between January and June profit. And it's happening across the water as well, because Shell reported profits of nearly 12 billion for a three month period, just for three months. And their earlier quarter, the one before it, was 9 billion it's absolutely insane. And the reason that Shell said they make such enormous profits is because of higher prices. And who's paying the prices at the end of the day? So, and if you look at the gas prices across the water, so it's not just, you know, board gosh here with their 40 million in, in six months. British gas made 1.3 billion operating profits in the first six months of this year. Five times the amount they made the year before. 
So for the people struggling to pay bills or worrying about next day, next to a winter, have a think about that. The profits that they're still making, their profits are soaring, absolutely soaring. Um, and with Shell, you can include petrol pump prices in that one. For sure you can. Anyway, your thoughts on that are welcome as always. Text 0868104106. There was a 17-year a jail sentence handed down to a man by the name of Dean Ward. It's the front of many of the red tops today. Uh, they call him the date app sicko who destroyed a woman's life in just six weeks. He got 17 years of jail. Um, and many of the papers talk of it today in quite some detail as to what this woman had to put up with. So he assaulted her, he raped her, he, convers- he, co- he coercively controlled her life in a six-week period um, and has been jailed for 17 years. Uh, one of the things that he did, well, here are just some examples. He sprayed mace into her face. He tied her up. He choked her. He raped her. He threatened her with a hammer. He punched her in the face. He controlled her access to friends and family. He took over her online banking. He monitored her whereabouts and her mobile phone. And he removed her contraceptive device as she slept. They're just a couple of paragraphs of the horrific treatment that Sinead had to put up with at the hands of this beast. So 17 years jail for him, and rightly so. And then there was another extraordinary story. This is a romance scam, you know, the kind of ones that happen online. So three guys now have been jailed for their role in a romance fraud in which a woman in her 60s lost her entire life savings. Um, this is a, a total, when you add up the amount of money that they robbed her, uh, of €254,000. Now, um, the men set up this uh, fake profile on Plenty of Fish, gave themselves the name of Neil Turner. Uh, and, they, and two of them then began uh, mes- messaging um, with this woman romantically. Uh, apparently in, in court there was something like 800 pages of messages downloaded by Gardaí. There were three Nigerian nationals living in Ireland. Now between them, one got like three years jail, another got three years jail, and the third guy got two and a half years jail. They used this pre- fake profile um, Neil, Neil Turner and they told the woman uh, that he that he was a, a businessman with dealings in oil and gas off the Cork coast and uh, he told her that they were he was due to receive a large inheritance she then they they then started uh, asking her for money right so she thought she was talking and dealing with a really nice guy called Neil Turner so they started asking her for money and over the course of six months she transferred over a quarter of a million euro to the guy that she thought was uh, Neil Turner at one stage he, these guys pretending to be Turner got her, go, got her to go to Dubai on business from because he says he couldn't travel. So she goes to Dubai and she's met in Dubai by a group uh, who brought her to, I don't know, some hotel or something. And they showed her a bundle of cash and uh, she was told it was 3.25 million. It, I don't know whether it was a bundle of cash or it looked like a bundle of cash, but they said it was 3.25 million. But they asked her for $650,000 to release the funds. Uh, she refused. Um, she went home. She subsequently gave them another 50,000. Uh, but then doubt began and suspicion began to creep in and she went to the guardie. So they ended up in court and the guards arrived at their home uh, and they got laptops and mobile phones and devices and passwords and everything and Mercedes cars and a Rolex watch and that sort of stuff. So they were in court yesterday and got between three and two and a half years jail each. Nearly a quarter of a million. This poor misfortunate woman only looking for one thing, love and companionship. And apparently, according to the Independent this morning, evidence gathered from their electronic devices showed that they Googled her 
They checked her out in detail. They monitored her social media profiles all before they started the sting just to make sure that she had money. So that's really just absolutely shocking. You'd think that jail sentences would be longer for something like that. Uh, also, can I just say um, that uh, issues involving um, you know, uh, health and welfare particularly of children, have not gone away in any way, shape or form. The Echo this morning saying that all of the children around the country, and there's over uh, 100,000 of them on waiting lists, there's nearly 10,000 of them alone uh, on Cork Hospital waiting lists. And that should be, uh, uh, that should be hammered down and sorted uh, because it's just going one way and that's north. Very sad story, really and truly heartbreaking uh, for the family of this hardworking chef, uh, Scott Gallagher. He was a super chef and uh, worked at Market Lane Restaurant, a super restaurant, great restaurant, uh, unbelievable food. And I'm sure that he was part of turning out that great food at, uh, at Market Lane. Um, but he was out for a night out with his pals uh, and I think they went to the Crane Lane and then he went home uh, but went up onto the flat roof of the, roof of the house that he was sharing on Douglas Street only to fall from a height and he died instantly according to the inquest yesterday. It's absolutely tragic. Uh, he and his, and his mates, uh, in the inquest it said that uh, he, he, there was five roommates in total and they were like a family and they all looked out for each other. They weren't all Irish and they used to teach each other languages and different foreign languages and everything. They got on so well, but there's only one toilet apparently, uh, the five of them in it, so they shared only the one bathroom. Uh, so from time to time they would go up to urinate uh, into a drain pipe on the flat roof um, and unfortunately, you know, the rest is history. He fell from the roof and the inquest yesterday detailed his fall and his death and those that called 999 and things. It's just awfully, awfully sad. Papers this morning also deal with climate change, as you can imagine, and the farmers are getting a bit of a down-on-the-farm moment. They've been told you need to cut your emissions by 25% and you won't get grants if you don't do it by 2030. So they need to do that with regards to agriculture, industry as well as to cut their emissions. Anyone involved in building residential homes or commercial and public homes, all is to cut the emissions that they uh, that they uh, that they gather are uh, those that uh, they create transport as well. Of course, is the big one, and that would be more to do with petrol and diesel um, and issues like that. But the divorce rates um, that have uh, you know probably been steady enough leading up to pre-COVID pandemic are speeding up now again. And one of the interesting ones in the mail this morning says that uh, the big money divorces are ones that are increasing quite rapidly. Uh, I wonder, is that just because, you know, the, the people have been just hanging in there for too long and found that, uh, you know, COVID made them sit up and say, I don't want to be in this anymore. I want to have a happier life. So COVID is possibly driving, you know, drove career changes and people moving countries and stuff and, you know, changing their jobs and what have you. So it's probably one of the reasons why divorce is on the rise, that people have said, you know, I'm just going to get out now after COVID. But the big money divorces, dealing with more than three million in assets and property, that's also on the rise. Celtic tiger type divorces, if you like. And meanwhile, uh, how unfair and cruel can you be? Vodafone, according to an insider, are axing free calls for Ukrainians because the PR value of the free calls and texts for Ukrainians is now gone. Vodafone weren't alone on this, like Vodafone Air and 3 uh, all decided to give uh, phone charges, uh, SIM cards, uh, and stuff like that, two Ukrainians arriving since last uh, April, uh, March, I should say. But now Vodafone has withdrawn the offer due to war fatigue among the corporate decision makers within Vodafone. Uh, some senior source said that from a corporate point of view, 
there's no more value in offering free mobile services to Ukrainians. So they've withdrawn it. They'll regret that because it was leaked, of course, and people wouldn't be too happy. But when you look at the breakdown of the different counties that are housing Ukrainian visitors, we have just under four and a half thousand Ukrainians in the county of Cork. Now, that's quite high. It's the second highest to Dublin with eight thousand Uh, And just behind us is Kerry with just over three. But four and a half thousand is quite a number. Um, Meanwhile, people trying to get in and out of the country, of course, are having all sorts of issues. Amongst them, their luggage. There's a front pager in The Sun this morning that says that uh, they've got photographs of missing suitcases that were dumped in rubbish bins outside Dublin Airport. Loads and loads of people's luggage that was never returned to them are now being dumped in Dublin Airport. It's appalling, the pictures they see in the papers this morning. These are lost suitcases in a skip. One of the reasons that Dublin Airport said that the bags are being dumped is because they have food in them and it's food that shouldn't have been brought into the country and they're starting to smell and they'll draw rats. You heard everything then about um, the uh, Rooney-Vardy trial. That'll be decided. has been already, but we won't know the judgment until online at midday, but all of the papers deal with that this morning and I'll come back to it a little later on if there's an early verdict. We'll have to wait and see. And Donald Trump's on his way to play golf down in Doonbeg and we say hello to Donald Trump or we say goodbye to neighbours. Um, Mark has already watched it. He watched it online because it aired in Australia overnight. Uh, But apparently there was an awful lot of loose ends to be tied up in the last show of Neighbours. And perhaps you're a fan and you'll be watching it later today. Yeah, I did consider chatting to Mark, to be honest with you. But, But the problem with that then is there'll be all sorts of spoiler alerts and people will turn me off because he might say something about the plot or what's going to happen. I'll leave it up to you, Mark. I'll tell you guys, if you want to bring Mark in to tell us about the show, so be it. But walk carefully. One of people who are Neighbours fans turning me off. The Neil Prendeville Show. Cork's number one talk show. Pure Cork. On Red FM. Anyway, text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106 for whatever may be on your mind. And of course, it's a free food Friday as well. Today for Roosters Piri Piri, Roosters Piri Piri, Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park. So get texting now who you are and where you are to 0868104106. And we will start our shout-outs in about uh, 30 minutes' time. So, just very quickly, and thank you to everybody who's holding. I'll get you on the air in a couple of seconds, but just staying uh, with this. Neighbors, everybody needs good neighbors. Just a friendly wave each morning. I might play the whole thing, actually, when we quit this morning, about a minute to 12, play the entire Neighbors sig. But... Spoiler alert, don't say anything now that will make a Neighbours fan listening to this programme turn me off, will you? <laughs> I won't, I promise I won't. Right. No, no spoiler, no spoiler. So what, how did you get to see it if everybody else has to wait until when? This afternoon? This well, evening? well, it's a tricky one. It's, um, it's, it's this afternoon on Channel 5, um, but it's actually next week on RTE because they're a little bit behind. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it's, it's never quite that easy. But um, but Channel 10 in Australia, they aired it last night. Well, actually, I say last night, it was about 10.30 yesterday morning our time, um, which meant it had gone up online and if you had the know-how, you could, uh, and you you could, had you could find know-how. it. And I had the know-how. Okay. Well, so were, were there a few tears? Were you bawling? <laughs> it's really emotional. I've got to say, if you've ever, ever watched Neighbours, I mean, in the 80s, the 90s, the noughties. I did in the Kylie Minogue days. And especially the 80s. I recommend watching it because you'll get something out of it. It's a real, real trip down memory lane. Could I just ask you, were there, without, again, without spoiling anything for people, were there surprise returns? Yes, because obviously... I mean, there's been stories in the papers, it feels like every day for the past month or so, more than that. Um, so you kind of thought, oh, I know exactly who's going to be in it, who's going to come back. And, and, and there was people in it last night that I didn't expect to see. So there was absolutely surprises still. 
Yeah. yeah. Um, what's this about loose ends that need a tidying up? Should I all get... Like, are, are you left hanging? No, it's really sweet. <laughs> I said this I said this in the office this morning. I said, if it was the last ever episode of EastEnders, you'd probably get a meteorite hitting out um, Albert Square or something. <laughs> but in Neighbours, <laughs> it's just sweet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, no, so it's really no, nice. So is there... Uh, is this a spoiler? There's no room for return, is there? You know when you can put the lid on something and nail it down? Have they, is that what they've done? Uh, no, I th- no, no. It, it could it it could continue. It's not it's it's not been completely c- cut off. Um, but that's not to say that makes me sounding that saying that makes me sound like it's it's a it's an ending that hasn't got any closure. But it has. It does. But okay. it, but but it could continue. Would would it be up there with one of the longest soaps? Thirty seven years. Thirty seven. There would it be an American one. There's a couple of. Uh, oh, I don't think the bold and the beautiful. That kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that is longer because well, Coronation Street I think is the longest. Oh, for God's sake! Of course. Um, what would that be? It'd be well over. When did that start? Six, early sixties. Yeah. So that could yeah. be over fifty odd years. Yeah. So what's it's actually sixty two years? Mm. Is it sixty two? Yeah. December nineteen sixty it aired first. So Jeez. it's clocking up at sixty second year. Yeah. Whereas Neighbours and EastEnders were neck and neck, both eighty five. Wow. Um, yeah, Home and Away was eighty eight. Okay. So, okay. <laughs> so two things happening today for people. One, of course, is the finale of Neighbours, and the other one is the verdict in the Rooney Vardy libel trial. <laughs> you see, because um, I know you've been watching that. You see that Colleen Rooney says today, whatever the judge decides, I've already won. She's bound to win. Come on. Oh, it's a no-brainer, you would have thought. Yeah. But with, with this kind of story, you kind of think, oh, maybe it's the sort of story that's like, it's going to be a bit of a twist or a bit no, of a sting in the tail. Your, <laughs> losing your mobile phone <laughs> in the North Sea. God. Deleting texts. I mean, how do you How do you come back from a that? A neighbour's scriptwriter couldn't have done a better job, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what'll happen? That's at midday. It'll be uploaded. Will yeah. be right at midday. Or... It could have done just before and been, you know. God dang it, man! <laughs> God dang it! All right, cheers, pal. Have Thanks, a good Neil. day. Thanks for that. No spoilers there. Excellent. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. Oh eight one eight one zero four one zero six. Corks red. Uh, just finally on TV related stuff. We were talking about neighbours and stuff like that, and the Vardy Rooney trial. Uh, you know, I think that both both sides have more money than sense. Uh, it's over a million, at least a million pounds in legal fees and I don't think it's about the money. But parking all of that, there's a, an article on the Echo Live this morning that Sarah Horgan has. She says, um, what are they, you know, we were telling you earlier in the week what they're eating at the talk shops in Irish prisons, the biscuits and the sweets and things. Other times, of course, it's the menus up there and the channels they have on the television. Well, apparently Cork prisoners have formed an unla- for, formed, found an unlikely form of escapism to pass away the lonely hours in their cells this summer. What is it? Only Love Island. Apparently, they love it and watch it in huge numbers. Uh, Staff have full control over what prisoners watch in their cells, but... Love Island is on the card and apparently uh, everybody then the next day at Cork Prison discusses the previous night's show at breakfast every morning. So they're absolutely loving uh, Love Island apparently. Anyway, lines open, text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. Um, I wanted to highlight, uh, yeah, I'll come back to that. Let me get to the phone calls actually because people have backed up. Fiona. Hiya. Um, thanks for taking the call. Little Luna, little four-month-old Luna, is now in Newcastle Hospital, England. Is that right? Yes. Air, <laughs> airlifted there? Yes, from the, with the Air Corps. Is that like an air ambulance type thing? Yes, it is. Okay, okay. And of course, clearly you're very, very worried. What's the condition? So it's severe combined immunodeficiency 
so it just means that she has no immune system and she can't make the white blood cells to fight off any infection. So it's immune it's a it's an immunodeficiency, is it? It's a genetic yeah. disorder. It's life threatening, yeah. is it? It is. Um if she gets any infection because she can't fight it, it could it could kill her. Okay. When was that discovered? Um so she got diagnosed on the ninth of July. God, it must have come as an awful bombshell, did it? It really did when they came in um, to the hospital to me because we were in CUH and they came in and they talked to me and then straight away they said she's being transferred to Crumlin Hospital tomorrow. So it was a big rush then from there to Crumlin and then Crumlin Hospital said, oh, she'll be going up to Newcastle in a few weeks. We thought we'd have more time in Ireland. It was very sudden that we were told that we were coming to Newcastle. Yeah. Yeah, hard to process that so fast, isn't it? Yes, it was. It was really, it was really hard. Yeah, Th- thank God there's a Crumlin Hospital, though, and thank God there is a Newcastle Hospital. They probably specialise in yeah. things like this, do they? Yes. So um, the hospital in New here, Newcastle, and uh, the Great Ormond Street in, Lon- in London, they're the only two hospitals that do bone marrow transplants for. Kids, which is what which is what Luna has. Okay, and a little setback in that regard is that you discovered that neither of you are a match. Is that right? Um, yes. So none. Um, I have. I also have two other daughters, and neither of them are a match either. So um, we're trying to find uh, someone on the donor um, register. Um, but there is a chance that they could try to manipulate the cells from her father because he's a half match. Half a match. Close, but not yes. close enough. But a half a match. Yeah. 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 So what will the next weeks and months be? Are you there now? Have you, you're not in Cove, are you in yeah. Newcastle? No, I'm, I'm over in Newcastle. Um, okay. I, I flew over with her. Right. Are you with her uh, most of the time? Um, yes, I am. I'm, I'm actually sitting in the room with her now. <laughs> uh, she's a tiny little bundle. Is it four months? Yes, yeah, she's four months and she's about seven pounds. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, little Luna. Little, I, hope, I hope the sun shines on Luna sooner rather than later. So, um, this is where you find yourself at. Um, is, is the, have they said that this is urgent? Yes, it is. They're, they're working urgently to get the, the bone marrow, to get, it, to, to get the transplant done very quickly. Um, before she even gets the transplant, she needs to have chemotherapy. Oh, stop. So really? Yes, um, so it's to wipe out the little cells that she has already because they could fight the bone marrow transplant. Chemo will, yeah, chemo, yeah, it's, that's tough, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's very tough, especially because she's so small and to, like when I see her going through it, I know it's going to be very emotional. Yeah, I know, I know. How are you feeling? How are you, how are you dealing with it? Um, it's it's been it's been difficult, but I do. I have family and friends who are very supportive and just making sure that I'm okay as well. Um, but it is it's, it's it's quite difficult, and I know I kind of go for a walk every day, just that I'm not in the hospital all day every day. I know because otherwise it would it wouldn't be good. This is not what you had planned, of course, obviously. And being on your own, next you are on your own, are you, Fiona, with Luna? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yes. Yeah. And, and do you think you'll be there for quite some time on your own with her? 
Um, well, we were originally told three months, but then when we came over, we were told we're actually going to be here for closer to six months. So we could be here up until the new year. My God, your entire life is on hold. And, and, and you know, obviously that's a price you have no problem paying because it's your daughter. Yeah. But who'd have thought? Yeah, six that. months. Yeah. Yeah. But at the end of six months, hopefully she'll be coming home healthy and well. Yes, yeah, so at the end of six months, they said that once she comes home, we'll just have to be, uh, she'll have another further six months of just not being in big crowds um, and not being kind of around like a lot of people or anybody sick. But then after that, she should be a healthy, happy girl um, of, 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 her, of that age. Yeah, and celebrating her first birthday at home. Yeah, so there will yes, be sir. long periods of isolation after, during and after yes. this. She should probably be very much isolated now because she can't risk any infection. Yeah, so when when she was in uh, Crumlin, so she hadn't she hadn't come out of Crumlin at all. The only time she was left out was when she was going from the hospital to the ambulance and then from the ambulance to the um, aircraft plane and then back into another ambulance to come into Newcastle. I've spoken with parents over the years, of course, in similar circumstances to you with tiny, tiny babies and they feel almost a, a feeling of, of a helplessness because all they can do is watch and hope but yet want to do more because it's your baby. Do you feel like that? Yes, especially when, when we found out that I wasn't um, able to donate bone marrow. I was very, I did get very upset about that because I wanted to do just that one little thing for her and I'm not able to. Yeah, you'd give anything. Yeah, you'd donate anything you could. Of course you would. But hopefully on their list at Newcastle, they will either be able to find a match or your, is your husband or your partner? Um, my partner. Your partner's half match and manipulate it. How can people, yes. can people help you in any way? I mean, six months, you, you, will, will, will he come out? Will you, will you come back from time to time or will you be there solid six months? I'll be here for the solid six months. Um, he um, would be able to come over every every now and again. Not very often, though, because we have the other two children. That's right. So, yeah, yeah. Um, but if he's a if he's a bone marrow match, uh, if they're able to do that, he'll he'll be over. Um, but we have a we have a GoFundMe set up by one of my friends um, from the Red Cross. Um, so she has been absolutely amazing and helping and helping out she'd set it up and it's just been overwhelming with the amount of support that we've gotten from it already you're going to need it because uh, you're going to need every single penny you can get your hands on you know it's going to be a tough six yeah. months financially emotionally you need to mind yourself as well out there never mind about looking after luna you need to be careful about yourself as well yeah, I, I have um, like my family and like I have two friends. So I have in the Red Cross, I have my friend Laura and my friend Jane, and they text me um, or they like would ring me every day just to have a chat, just to make sure I'm doing okay. Yeah. And then I have an aunt, my aunt Tina, who rings me as well every day, and my mother. I talk to her as well every single day. So I do have people who are making sure that I I am okay. And it's just we get great support from family and friends. I know, I know, and long may that continue. Um, the GoFundMe is support little Luna's SCID journey. Support little yes. Luna's will find it on a GoFundMe search if people want to contribute and help. It would be great to be chatting with you on the day or around Luna's first birthday. You know, in eight months' time when all this is behind you and she's healthy and well. Yeah. Yeah, that would be lovely. Wouldn't it be lovely? 
Let's let, let set that as one of your goals, you know? Yes, I will. Put that on your bucket list for eight months' time. Yes. And good luck with everything and do stay in touch, all right? Thank you so much. You're welcome. Take care, Fiona. Thank you. Bye-bye. You can't you can't give her a little hug or anything, can you? Can you even do that? Oh no, I, I can I can pick her up. I just can't um, give her like kisses and stuff just in case I have any. Bit oh, of a, that's heartbreaking. Um, yeah, but I can give her a cuddle kind of every now and again. So that's that's, okay. that's something at least. Well, a cuddle, a I cuddle. Speaks a thousand yeah, words. I know. I know. That yeah. puts it in perspective that you can give her a cuddle, yeah. but not a kiss. I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. If I couldn't even cuddle, I'd be. In uh, emotional record. <laughs> I, I know. Well, look, look after yourself, and uh, good luck Thank on the you. journey so far. Okay. Thank you so much. All right, Fiona. Take care. Okay. Thank you. Fiona Burns from Cove, and good luck to her and to little fighting Luna. Uh, you can check out that GoFundMe yourself. We'll send the links to our uh, Facebook and uh, Twitter pages if you'd like to get involved. And fingers crossed for Luna. Back after the break. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Text and WhatsApp 086-8104-106. Gork's Red FM. Okay, not everybody happy with my referencing an echo from uh, Echo Live. Uh, newspapers are always and have been infatuated with prisoners uh, and the television that they watch and the channels that they have and the menus that they're served food-wise and what they buy in the talk shop. And earlier in the week, there was a story regarding that where they were spending huge amounts of money on biscuits and sweets and pastilles and Kinder Bueno and biscuits and stuff like that. But I mentioned the article from the Echo which said that they um, are finding lots of uh, escapism and lots of enjoyment uh, watching Love Island. And somebody says, uh, it's disgraceful, the flippant article in yesterday's Echo about prisoners enjoying Love Island while they're in Cork prison. I couldn't believe the tone of it. Uh, what about the, cr- the victims of the horrendous crimes while the criminals are eating digestives and watching Love Island and gossiping about it over breakfast in the morning. Disgraceful. Okay, well, I suppose like everybody, you are entitled to your opinion. I mean, there is more to the article because I know that there's Netflix available in each cell. Uh, that's controlled by the prison officers as well. But they, uh, some might suggest, well, if they're watching Netflix, they should block, block out anything to do with crime or killing or burglary or robbery or, or stuff like that. But they don't because apparently they love crime shows and watching sport and things like that. So it was a longer article than that. But don't you think that if somebody's in prison serving time for a crime, they're entitled to watch television? Um, you know, I mean, their freedom has been curtailed. Not everybody. So somebody found it disgraceful and flippant. Uh, text 0868104106. I want to just say thank you to Susan because she's been waiting quite some time. And it's not as if she's got enough worries uh, going through her head at the moment. Susan, good morning. Can you hear me okay, Susan? Well, good morning. Neil. Ah, good Sorry. morning to you. You're grand. You can hear me all right now, aren't you? Okay. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Okay. Now, um, just by way of introduction, you're you're on a pension. You're in your mid seventies. Uh, you have use of a wheelchair, and you live upon your own. Um, and I was mentioning the profits of board gosh a little earlier on this morning. Uh, for the first six months of this year, their profits went up by. And between January and June alone, Board Gosh made just under 40 million euro profit. But yet your electricity and gas is going through the roof. Isn't that right? Absolutely. Yeah. And God knows what it will be this coming winter. Higher again. That's the reason I'm on really, because I just don't know where it's going to end, where I'm concerned anyway. Um, My... 
Starting from April, I noticed an increase coming in. Now, I did change providers back in November last year. And um, I noticed in April then the pricing going up. And by the time it came to May, it went from, this is per month now, not every two months. I noticed that the gas and electricity together were coming in at um, 336 euro. Now, for the 1st of August, it's coming up to 410 per month. What? Per month? Are you sure it's not per two months? No, it's there in black and white and it's a monthly bill. It's direct debit. And Neil, I'm climbing the wall because where is it going to come from? That's that's I mean, €100 euro a week. Out of 230 pension. Is that the combined gas and electric? Correct. Correct. Okay. And, and I bet you don't have it on 24-7. Well, the gas is off for the last two months. Um, such as electricity is the thing I'm using. I asked him, was there a way of checking my meter? And he told me, oh, yes, it would cost you 200 euros to get it checked. I said, is there an issue going on? Can somebody tell me what am I using that's taking the electricity? Yeah. He, he said, in, in your own interest, you said you'd be better if you could get a, a home test. And I said, how do I go about that? You plug everything out, he told me. So, you know, I just, to be honest, I didn't even answer him. I left to go with that. I just couldn't take it anymore. Do you, you think know? that the systems are inefficient, perhaps, and that you're burning and wasting and that there's a... I'm not saying there's a leak or anything, but that it could be your system could be more efficient or something? I don't know. I really don't. Where am I going to go with these kind of bills, though, on a monthly basis, Neil? But if you have €230 Euro coming in a week in the old aid pension and 100 yes. of that goes every week to gas and electric, Correct. you've got 100... You, yeah, yeah. So your ex, your living expenses are way higher than that. Absolutely. I mean, one example alone: you have to pay house insurance, and my house insurance is always very high. That's one example. I mean, then your mobile alone, let's face it, is twenty a month. It all adds up. Yeah. You yeah, know. Yeah. It's still and I mean, you have a TV and internet because I mean, I live on the the computer. Yeah, and so you should. Uh, yeah, you're entitled to it. it, it yeah. I mean, the upkeep of the house alone, do you know? I mean, you have a garden. Who's going to do the gardening? They're not going to do it for nothing. And my fairly big garden and trying to keep some law and order. It's, a, you know, it's a minefield, me. Absolutely. Are, are you in the wheelchair full time? I am now, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can really get to the car now if I need to go out. I know, yeah. I know. And yes. do you, have, you, have you set aside a, a specific budget for food every week? Do you have a figure for that? Oh, that's another deep breath. Um, I don't have a set figure for it, no. Um, again, because I don't do the shopping myself, I'm not in the position of going around and looking at prices. Um, and therefore, what I need, I guess, that's it, end of story. Is that, you know, on, is that shopping online, is it? No, I don't do any shopping online, okay. no. Okay. Um, my daughter does the shopping for me. Okay, and I'd yeah. say she's quite savvy in what she buys and the prices that she gets in France. Yeah. She would be so. Yeah. Yeah. But that surely um, that surely could be fifty, sixty euro a week easily anyway, if not. That, yes, definitely that. And sometimes it's more, but I try and stick to around the fifty if I can. But it goes over it because like that you're running out of milk, that's adding more on to it then. Like as the, the week would go on, you're adding bread to it, you know. These are things that um 
and they're all gone up so much now, like that I'm not getting away with 50 a week now. Everything's gone up, yeah. But when I look at your gas and electric, 45% of your pension every week is gone to gas and electric. 45% of it. It should be like 5 or 10%. Yeah, there you are. Yeah. Um, you, do, do you ever get a reading or are these, you know, your bills, are they all estimates or are they actual readings? The majority of them are estimates, but I did give a reading there back in May and they're going with that as well. And it's still coming in at this price. I asked him then yesterday, I was talking to him because I, I'm really climbing the wall. I asked him then yesterday, how could this happen? Because I thought I was on a budget plan. And to me, a budget plan is that you pay so much per month. And um, this was it. How could it jump then from, we'll say, 200, 300, up to 410 now? That's not a budget plan. But, it, but you still technically are on a budget plan, but that's what they've set it at, is it? That's, that's what he said to me now, yeah. Well, and what happens if you're way short of the budget when they do the next reading? Do you get a rebate or refund? I don't think so. Yeah. Again, I don't know. I don't know that now, Neil. Yeah. But that's, this is the situation I'm in at the moment anyway. And I mean, right, it, there must be other people in the country that, with this happening too. But they're, you know, it's not coming out. It's not being let loose, as I'd say. But 400 um, a month for somebody living yeah. alone. You're not in a mansion, are you, Susan? No? I know, I'm in a bungalow. Yeah. In a two bungalow. Yeah. 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 Do you feel the cold? Oh, very much so. Yeah. Very much. Yeah. I mean, along with being my age, uh, it's part of my disability as well, which is polio. And um, that's the one thing that it does affect badly is um, is the cold would affect you. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, so on I, your yeah. list of priorities, of course, then, heat is the first one, is it, followed by probably food at this stage? Correct. Correct. Yeah. And I think, you are you electricity? Yes. And have you ever looked or got anybody to compare other providers to see if anyone right. might be cheaper than electricity? Well, my contract isn't up until October, the 18th of October, so I will be shopping around before then. And do you know how to do all of that? I do. Okay. I do. I'm looking at that line, yeah. Yeah, you, you're pretty savvy online with bonkers.ie and things like that? Correct, Fair yeah. Play too. Fair play, Fair play. I'm definitely shopping around, you know. Yeah. But, uh, it's a shock because this came in last Tuesday week and I can't get my head around it. I'm like, you know, having nightmares over it, if I'm to be truthful, you know. I can't see myself going forward. Where do I go? Yeah, I, I don't mean to overly pry about savings or anything, but what people find is that their savings are diminishing just to stay afloat, you know. I'm not in that category, there unfortunately. You, you don't have that yeah. either, you know. You're week to week yeah. with the pension. Yeah. Yeah, I've nothing to fall back on. Nothing. It's a real you know? worry, isn't it? And it is. it, and you see, up to two years ago, I had um, my husband was alive. God bless him. And um, we had two pensions. Now it's one pension. Yet you have the same expenses coming in. You know. Sure. Um, yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's just impossible. I don't know where it's going to end. Either. Well, you can be damn sure that there's no luxuries in there at 230 euro. I mean, you wouldn't be buying yourself a new pair of shoes or, or a dress or oh, a, a top or anything. Those, those days are gone. Those days are gone, you know. Would you be putting I, on extra low layers of clothing in the winter? Would you be getting a hot water bottle sorted and things? Definitely. 
Now, I don't use a hot water bottle because I'd like that. I'd be afraid of my life uh, filling it, first of all. Um, oh, being dear. on my own to watch what I'm doing, you know? Oh, yeah. dear me. It's an electric blanket I do use, all right. And, of yeah. course, yeah, they're expensive to run. Yeah, you see? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But of course, you know, at this stage in your life, and I don't mean to sound condescending, this is not the way you should be treated. This is not the way you should be living, having nightmares no. about the bills and the electric and the gas. You really shouldn't. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know. And, yeah. and, and yeah. added to that then, board gosh, making 40 million euro profit in a six month yeah. period. It's absurd, yeah. isn't it? It's sick. It's sick, really. Do you know? Anyway, that's my story, Neil. And as I said, if you, there's any solution out there for me, I'd be delighted to hear it. But right now, I can't come up with any other solution well, myself. Wh- what about if somebody were in a position to actually do a check on your system? I'd be delighted. Just to see that's if there's anything going on that you're just burning up the meter. And it, yeah. could be, it could be, you know, inefficient, you know, there might be a reason behind that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I do have to ch- charge up my powered wheelchair. Um, I'm just wondering, is there any anything happening with that? Um, no, I'm using that for the last two years as well, you know. Um, I don't know, Neil. I really don't. I'm just wondering, would you be better off off a budget plan and just, um, you know, just pay as you go, no? Well, uh, would you believe I've asked them to stop the budget plan? Um, I thought of that the other day, and it will be two monthly bills then, I'll be getting. Um, now, as you know, one of my daughters said to me, "Well, Mama could be double next month. Then you could be ending up now paying uh, double the four hundred and ten in the two months." <sighs> I a, yeah, I know it's a real worry for you. It probably consumes. I have the budget plan now and see where we go from there. You know, I try everything Neil, before I I start losing the cool altogether. You know, I know, yeah. I know. Listen, um, it would be wonderful to, be, to have somebody go and just check out your system. And I imagine there could be somebody listening who does that for a living that might offer to go and look over your system to see if it's running as efficiently as it should be. Right? I'd be absolutely delighted, right. Neil. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And if there's a co- if there's a co- even if there's a cost involved in that, don't worry about that. I'll pay for that. That's not a problem. But let's have a look at your system first. It's just it's absolutely disgusting the way they're making profits like this when we have pensioners living hand to mouth yeah. like you. It really and truly is. I just I despair. Listen, I'll be back to you, Susan. All right. If there's an update all on right. it and somebody wants to help, okay. Very much indeed, Neil. Okay. God bless. Mind yourself. Take care. Take care. It's a typical example, and I bet you there are more like that. Somebody on €230 a week, wheelchair bound, alone, and 45% of the pension every week is gone to gas and electric. Hey, it's Dave. Join me weekdays from four for Dave Max Drive, where I'll help get you home or give you a little lift at home. Big hits, loads of fun features, and traffic info. What more could you need? Join me weekdays from four. Dave Max Drive. When it comes to radio in court, the message is simple. Red FM has more listeners than any other station every day, every week. That makes us Cork's number one. And it's all thanks to you, Red FM. All right, Free Food Friday again, courtesy of ourselves in Roosters, Piri Piri, Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park. So what do you get? Well, it'll feed at least 15 of you. And we're looking at chicken wings, chicken skewers, beef skewers, and then the main event, chicken wraps, chicken pittas, and beautiful, beautiful beef burgers and all the meat basted in the Piri Piri sauce. Uh, for sides, well, the Piri salted fries, rice, waffle fries, and all of the mayos and garlic dips that you'll need. And then build your own cheesecake for dessert with all the different toppings 
that you can choose from. So that's feeding at least 15 of you. Our first batch of shout-outs uh, to Boots on Half Moon Street. Good morning to all, particularly Shauna. To everybody working in the heart and vascular department in the Matter Private Hospital. To everybody at PGB Sports in Blackpool. Morning, Jade. To Impact Ireland Metals in Glanmire. Sales and warehouse staff would share an amazing lunch with an amazing bunch. Everybody at TNA Building Supplies in Blackpool who are busy at the moment. To everybody listening in Ballancolic Credit Union. To Rockwell Engineering in Clawheen. To Anne in Silver Springs with a house full of teens. And the family are calling around later because we're 30 years married on Wednesday and I don't want to cook. Everybody at Euro Car Parts. Morning Tony. To Daft Trucks on the Mallow Road who are listening. To everybody at the Dean Hotel. In particular Carol who was awarded Employee of the Month for July. Take a bow. Tusla, the staff of Tusla in St. Finbar's Hospital, to O'Connell's Warehouse in Glanmire, to Clony, Clona Dairy, Dairy Products in Wilton, making sure everyone has milk for the long bank holiday weekend. Sweet King in Little Island to kick off the bank holiday weekend. And it's also a birthday there, so happy birthday to Lisa. Horgan's Garage in Kerry Pie, Kai Street Books on the South Douglas Road, uh, to Audi on the Bandon Road, and Kevin Buckley in Boston Scientific. And one final one. I'm working in the blood transfusion service in St. Finbar's Hospital. I've been working since 7 this morning. We'll be back in for 7am on Monday too. There's no bank holidays. We are taking platelet donations for sick patients in hospitals, says the platelet clinic staff. Morning to you and thank you for your service. So keep those texts coming. Text us who you are and where you are to 086-8104-106. And I'll do the next bunch of shout-outs in about half an hour's time. Now, a lot of texts coming in there regarding Susan. The uh, OAP pension is all she has to survive on. And €100 Euro of that a week is going and more, perhaps. I don't want to be over-worrying her or others, but you know, I don't see prices of gas and electric coming down anytime soon and the winter is beckoning as well so a lot of people texting on that and I want to come back to them in a few minutes time so keep those texts coming text 0868104106 but I can say even at this stage I've had a call from a gas energy expert so we put that gentleman through to Susan and she's expecting a gas energy management engineer uh, and we'll be going to her home to check out her home and advise her how she can get cheaper gas bills. Now, all of this is free of charge. So what, I want to thank that energy expert who's going to go. And the expert has told us uh, that much, uh, that, that more is coming, that much worse is on the way with regards to bills and how people will be affected in their pockets. So that's a good result. There are other texts on this, which I'll come back to as well throughout the course of the morning. So keep texting 0868104106. Something I didn't get to yesterday was Kim's story. So she's driving along quite happily. Kim, good morning. Hi, Neil. Good morning. What happened? This is Wednesday night. Yeah. Um, so I was just about to turn into the Park on the Grand Parade. Yeah. So I was just turning in and I didn't see anything coming, but there was just this huge loud bang and then the whole entire windscreen just completely shattered. What? What's going on? You're just about to drive up the ramp, is it? Yeah, just about there, yeah. And literally I just did not see anything coming. Just the whole windscreen just completely shattered and there was just a huge loud bang. So the bang or the thud was clearly something hitting that windscreen. What was it? Yeah. So... I kind of froze for a minute, but then just because I was blocking the whole entrance and the exit, I drove up a little bit and I got out of the car then and that's when I saw it. So it was just actually a big, huge bag of flour, like baking flour. Like the, the, the good old-fashioned two-pound yeah. bag or two kilos. Yeah. So what is it? Two pounds? Two pounds? Yeah, I think so, yeah. So 
Yeah. What? So what you do next? The first thing I did, I did ring the guards um, and they came straight in. They were really helpful and took it really seriously and everything. They, you know, they are checking if there's any CCTV footage. So I'm waiting on that, but it definitely must have been thrown from either the top, very top of the building or near enough to the top with the power that it came down to completely smash in the whole windscreen. So that's what they reckon it was probably from the very top of the the car park or the building. Now, thankfully, windscreens are designed now not to shatter into little splinters of glass, but it caved in around you, didn't it? Yeah, it did, yeah. I was in that car park yesterday and I used that one Mm -hmm. and there are signs all over it saying... CCTV cameras everywhere, Gardaí will be called, which means everything in there is recorded. Yeah, I've been told that as well. I'm still waiting, you know, for them to come back to me, but apparently there is a lot of CCTV in there, so hopefully they'll see something. You think somebody went up, the top of it is, out. you know, obviously there's parking outdoors on the roof, so you think that's where it would have happened, I'd say, yeah? Yeah, I think so. Must have got a terrible shock. Yeah, because it's just it's the last thing you would expect to happen or or that it was a bag of flowers, you know. Um, so I just had no idea at the time what until I got out. I had no idea what actually happened. But do you ever think of the moron or morons that think this is funny or do these things for kicks? Like It's like the ones that yeah. throw rocks off flyovers. Yeah. God almighty. Yeah. So what happened with the car? I mean, there you are with a caved-in windscreen Wednesday night. Yeah. So I am still waiting for it to be fixed um, just with the bank holiday and everything you know a lot of places don't have that windscreen in stock at the moment so hopefully it'll probably be Tuesday or Wednesday before it will be fixed but yeah so at the moment it's still the same So somebody had to tow it away it's a beautiful little yeah, car I, I love so. though is that yeah. a Fiat 500? Yeah They are the <laughs> coolest cars aren't they? Yeah I'd Say it's your baby yeah. is it? Yeah <laughs> But it did have to be towed away, like the whole windscreen, it wasn't drivable at all. Um, so it was towed. Not to mention um, the shock you got. Yeah, I think more than anything, I was just so shaken, you know, just with the bang and the, everything. I just, you know, I didn't know what had happened. What a bunch of idiots. I don't know whether it's one or a gang of them. I hope they're caught. Do you hope they're caught? I know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who knows, though, if they're juveniles. I'm not suggesting that they are, but if they are, yeah. they'll get away with it. But, um, Surely the guards will be able to harness the CCTV footage, you know, because you're caught the minute yeah, you go in the door of that, like you go in right in through the passageway, assuming that yeah. they did go through the, uh, to the lifts or the stairs, you know? Yeah, and just with the size of the bag of flour, you know, I don't think you could really get up hide it, you know. It's an awful Hopefully thing. It's an awful thing. So yeah. without, you're without yeah. a motor for the bank holiday now and everything. Yeah. Yeah, you must have got a terrible mm-hmm. shock. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I know. Okay, okay. Mm. I suppose the guards will stay in touch with you if they have any updates. Yeah, they will. They said they'll contact me. It'll probably be Monday, but they, they'll be back in touch about it. And you wanted um, to tell your own story, of course, but to warn people that this happened and be aware when parking there that it could happen to them as well. Yeah, definitely. It's just what happened was obviously bad enough, but it just could have been so much worse, you know, if it was even a second other than that. You know, so many people are passing by walking across there for God's sake absolutely imagine if a two pound bag of flour hit you on the head or the neck that would be like that would be like a two pound weight of rock I know and just 
you know, they're so busy there and there's bus stops, there's so many people are just standing in that area. So it easily could have happened. I'm glad you're all right and uh, that it wasn't somebody's head, but I hope they're caught. I think a lot of people listening would agree with me there, Kim. Will you stay in touch if there's an update on that? I will, yeah, I will. will. Brilliant, okay. In spite of that, have a good bank holiday, all right? Thank you, thank you, you too. Thanks, Bye. bye. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818-104-106. Cork's Red FM. Yeah, free food Friday and also more family pasta to give away for all of those wonderful Cork County tourist attractions. Download the app, Explore Cork app, if you want to take the family away for a day and visit all of the different tourist attractions that are available. So all that to do between now and midday, as well as that, we have a €350 hamper to give away uh, for uh, the food court at Douglas Court Shopping Centre. I'll tell you more about that because actually two of them but we had a winner on one of them and I need to give you the details of that and then the last one we're giving away is the 350 euro hamper for the best call regarding friendship your best friend we were talking yesterday about good friends and what makes a great friend being a good listener and being there making people making your best friend laugh always telling the truth keeping each other's secrets uh, lifting them up not judging them be ready to offer tea and sympathy you know and you know all sorts of different things that make a great friend. So your opportunity to win a 350 euro hamper courtesy of ourselves and Douglas Court Shopping Centre is based on your story about friendship, your best friend and the reasons behind it. Okay, um, I will come back to um, the other texts from different topics this morning, including extortionist, extortionist uh, fuel bills, gas and electric at a time when the utilities providers are making millions and some of them billions in profits. And the reason the profits are going up is because people's bills are going up. Don't kid yourself. But with flour falling from the sky and shattering windscreens, this isn't a million miles from it down west. Saw an article that Kieran O'Mahony, the journalist with the Southern Star, has been writing. More than one, actually, because these kind of incidents I'm about to discuss have been going on for quite some time. And the latest one involves a dead fox. Um, and Kieran joins me by phone. Kieran, good morning. Morning, Neil. How uh, are you? From dead foxes to to rabbits and what have rabbits. you. Very mysterious. Yeah. What is happening? That's that's the question. I mean, it's what people are just uh, perplexed by what's going on. The latest incident, as as you said, was in Timaleague last Monday morning, where locals found a dead fox hanging over um, the entrance sign into the village from the Clonakilty side. So, welcome um, to Ross Carberry had a dead uh, fox. Oh no. Well, yeah, welcome to Timber League. Timber League, sorry, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And then, um, so, you know, uh, the Gardaí were alerted and the Cork County Council staff and they removed it. But, I mean, obviously, lots of tourists and locals must have passed it. And, yeah, yeah as you said, this is the fourth such incident in West Cork this year. What were the other ones? Uh, followed, yeah, the other ones were back in March. There was a, a dead fox and a rabbit on an N71 road train at both Lip and Rock Carberry. And then this was preceded by an incident in January where there was a dead fox from bleeding down the front of the village sign in Lep. So, I mean, it, it, we are, we're not sure are they connected, but it, it seems like they could be. Has anybody looked at how the foxes and rabbits died? I mean, were they roadkill or were they, were they slaughtered? Or no. I don't, I, I'm not aware. I'm not aware of if, if that has been checked, actually, but it's worth investigating, all right. I might uh, check in, check with the guards on that. Yeah, is, I mean, is it yeah. is it attached to hunting or or rabbit baiting yeah, or anything? Sure. Yeah, people are like don't they really don't know? I mean, we we had spoken to um, Calvin Jones. You know, he's the founder of Ireland Wildlife, and he 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 thought the incidents were very uh, bizarre, and he said he's not sure what kind of statements the whoever is putting them there is trying to make. So 
Like people are really, I suppose, just unsure what what is going on. And you don't know whether they were dead or dying, because uh, I know that in one case back in January, um, was it uh, the fox was bleeding down the front of the sign? I hate ma- even mentioning that at this hour of the morning, I, but it, it's cruelty. Yeah, it's shocking, really. And um, especially even in the Guardian Timber League said there's nothing like this had ever happened in the village before. And they're just, they are perplexed, really. Clearly, they're all connected, Kieran. Yeah, we, we would think so as well, yeah. Because I suppose the distance then to Milligan and then left Prof Carberry, maybe, maybe someone in the, in the general West Cork area is carrying out these... Yeah, uh, and, and if they are and they're trying to send some kind of a message, I'm not getting the message, are you? Exactly, yeah. No, we're not either, yeah. So we're even more confused by by the actions then. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, unfortunately, the poor old foxes and the rabbits to some people are vermin, aren't they? Exactly. I mean, that that could be, you know, people could look at it from that angle as well. But, I mean, it's still on the, uh, still a horrible sight to see on a Monday morning. Isn't it? Yeah, driving around to the league and uh, to see a dead fox on the sign. I wonder if anybody listening has any information, because the Guardian would like to know, wouldn't they? It's one of these yeah, unsolved yeah. mysteries. It'd be good to solve it, wouldn't it? Exactly, it would be fantastic, yeah. And I suppose, yeah, if anyone has information, they can contact Guardian to league or abandon and I'd say their help would be appreciated. What can you say? It's the height of cruelty, isn't it? It really and truly is. Yeah. Any more updates on that? Come back to me, will you? Yeah, definitely. We'll do, Neil. It's a strange one. Thanks, Kieran. Appreciate it. Kieran Amani with the Southern Star. Uh, watch this space for details. Uh, from my conversation this morning with Susan regarding her energy costs, and Susan, of course, lives alone in a bungalow. She's wheelchair-bound. She has €203 Euro coming in every week with a pension and what have you, and 100 of that. Uh, of course, uh, is uh, going on nearly 100 of it. Well, I think it's about 230 coming in, but 100 of it is going every week on gas and electric. Sounds like she is being overestimated. She needs a neighbour to read her meter and submit it. That's the problem with this direct debit billing. She might get a surplus of cash back, but it could take a year. Well, the budget plan would mean that if she wasn't using everything up to the budget that she was paying monthly, as sooner or later she would get a rebate. I hope Michal Martin is listening to you this morning about that lady and her situation. He should hang his head in shame. So, so should the energy and utility providers, considering the profits that they're making. They really should. This, at the end of the day, is only good for their profit line. As prices go up, their profits go up. What about her living alone money, says John? That figure surely can't be right, Neil. Why doesn't she get her daughter to check it all up for her now? Unless she has the heating on an awful lot uh, because she feels the cold. Gas heating is very expensive. It's awful listening to her um, and I feel for her. One or two more. What's happening to this lady is all the fault of the Green Party who will not stop until we're all living like the Flintstones. They got the farmer's cattle now. They'll keep coming for everything else. My electric bill, €160 every two months. She needs to get off that plan she's on and pay as she uses. As a single person, that is crazy money she's paying out. And one or two more. If that lady is with Airtricity, they take a set amount every month. But if she doesn't use all that electricity or gas, she'll get the money back at the end of the year. Uh, If you get that lady's bill, I will analyse for you and review and give her a few options. And if we find a cheaper alternative, I will cover the exit fee for her. I've been in this business for years, says Carol. Thank you so much for that. So she is getting help. Tell that woman to switch to prepay power. They'll put a meter in her hall. She'll see exactly what she's paying, Neil. There's, that's the cheapest. Um, thank you for those texts. Keep them coming. Text 0868 Back after the break. Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville now. 
on 0818-104-106, Red FM. Time to get me to catch up on a couple of extraordinary days, particularly yesterday. But just ahead of that, uh, this is to do with happiness and marriage and people setting out in life together. And a shout out to Donal and Vera Lee Han, who live in McCroom. They got married during lockdown, but they're having the function in the Heights Hotel in Killarney on Bank Holiday Monday for the family. See, one of those ones that had to be postponed. So it's great that it's come around. So wishing them a, a great day and a great life together for Donald's children, Dave, from Donald's children, Dave and Kathy. So Donald and Vera um, may have many happy years together and a great function and party uh, on Bank Holiday Monday night. You know, when, when relationships then break down, right, and it, we were dealing with this yesterday, uh, whether it was the court system or going through the courts or first thing that people do in the case of a, a separation or a divorce or a relationship breaking down, where there are assets and children, is they go straight to a solicitor. And of course, uh, some of the other issues we were involved in then yesterday was parental alienation. The amount of people that got in touch yesterday saying, I'm so glad you're talking about this. Yes, it's, it's good to talk about it. And the texts and emails really work on this one because a lot of the time with calls, it's hard to get them on the air because of the issues involving children and identification and things like that. But there was a massive response uh, by text and by email. So here are some. Having listened to your show today, I felt compelled to write you as a single father of children they reside with their mother and I commend you on today's show however there is one piece of advice I'd like to share with you yes all the dads out there get the the section 47 done but ask your solicitor to let you see that report because the report I received stated clearly that I should have more time with my children other than two overnight access days ordered by the court but that was never followed through with either my solicitor or the judge I see my children twice a week and yet when it suits the mother she can deny my access at any time for no reason and it seems that she can get away with this yet if any father misses a payment they can be taken to court straight away I have never missed my access um, uh, other than the ones she has denied me or ever missed my payments I'd also recommend to any father whose children are old enough to request a section 32 where the voice of the child is heard my children know exactly where they want to be and where they are happy but the Irish judicial system seems to always favour the mother in these cases which in certain cases is understandable but when that is not the case the courts don't want to help the fathers in any way to all of the dads out there keep going I certainly won't be giving up until my children are happy morning my sister's ex is a narcissist who uses her kids against her even when they were together he would badmouth her to them he had an affair with her best friend among other things and they have now separated he denied the affairs for years saying she was paranoid and looking into things but finally admitted it after years of making her feel like she was going mad uh, the children are now young adults uh, they continually blame her for all the things their father did because he said he did what he did because of how she was he bad mouths her to all of the family who now don't have a relationship with them either they come to her house and mock her and sometimes even assault her because they are so angry this is parental alienation, you know, and the manipulation of children, I suppose. They don't listen and cannot see the wrong their father caused because they are so manipulated. They spread rumours about her which are not true. It's a constant battle and it has now destroyed our family. We tried to talk to them but they don't want to hear. Parental alienation is what I would call it and it's not just young children it affects but adult children too. 
Now, the father is not a nice person, to say the least, for doing this to them and to all of us. Of course, I understand that he is the father and he should have a relationship with them. But for him to put everything he has done and turn it on her and us, knowing that it's not true, is just so disturbing. She now suffers with mental health issues. I'd be frightened that she could take her own life. And we now at this stage just don't know what to do as a family. And there are more. As listening to your show yesterday morning, is there anybody out there can help my partner speed up the process of trying to get access to his children? Long story short, himself and the mother of his children separated. At the start, she was giving access. He was paying his maintenance to her for the children and everything was fine. However, since he started his relationship with me, access has stopped. And his, li- and his life now, and our life, a living hell began. He went from speaking and seeing his children every day to having no contact for months now. And let me tell you, it is absolutely heartbreaking to watch him. Uh, it's gone so far that he has had his access blocked from his daughter's WhatsApp so that they can't speak to each other, which in my opinion as a mother myself is just horrible to do. Stories have been made up about him and me, slandering our names, sending a guard up to the house looking for him for false allegations that are being made about him. Recently, taking out a safety and protection order, claiming to be in fear of her life, claiming that he has drug issues uh, and they cannot see the wrong that he's doing to her. These, of course, are all false allegations. A week after she got this order, he was in work, got a phone call off the guards, claiming he rang a couple of dozen times, uh, threatening harm. No such thing happened. We went for food the night before, uploaded it all on social media, and that's what triggered all this malicious carry-on, in the sense that your night out was uploaded on social media. He was eventually arrested from work for breaking a safety order, had to go before the courts and pay bail money to get himself out. The case is ongoing, which we will hope to fight. Um, it's a quite lengthy email, not all of it that I could, uh, could read out on air. Every single week, there is more and more issues. Um, I had to relocate back to our other office because of ongoing issues involving me. On Tuesday, I won't go into that part of it because that would involve children. We have paid thousands in solicitor's fees, uh, among other things, just to see his children. And now we'll have to pay thousands more. I just think the situation is a disgrace. People who use children as weapons hurt and destroy and punish others. I'm hoping that maybe somebody listening to your show, a solicitor or a barrister or anyone, can give him some more information and help him because he is a broken man from all of this. And the children clearly have been affected as well. Be greatly appreciated if anybody gets back to us. Uh, among other things, of course, legal fees are not cheap. So appreciate where you're coming from there. And then by text from yesterday's program, uh, quite an amount of them. Uh, I was 11 years in and out of court, accused of everything you can think of. I took the kids eventually to a child psychiatrist two times by court order. It didn't make a difference, apart from the first visit costing €1,500 euro, and the second Two and a half thousand euro. It did find that mother parent alienation existed. Um, and even after going to court after proving it, nothing changed. We're all back to square one. We fathers are nothing more than an ATM machine. Family law is a joke. Solicitors are a joke. Fees are a joke. I spent over 12 grand in five years and been sent around in circles, sent to the same places. And guess what? Everywhere you get sent, costs more and more money and everybody bar the two parents 
profit from it. And a final one, listening to this morning's court system conversations, I've been in and out of court for nearly 11 years now. It's not the solicitors drawing things out, it's the awful court system. They adjourn things constantly and give chance after chance. It took me 19 court dates across three years to get maintenance paid for my child. 19 court dates in three years. He was threatened with jail constantly, but never followed through with the payments. So they know, because he knows that he will just get off with it. It's a horrible system to be constantly putting people through. In that case, the texter says, it's not the solicitors, it's the tediousness and the slowness of our court system. Thank you for those. Keep them coming. Text 0868104106. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818104106. Cork's Red FM. Came across a very inspiring story there recently, and Red FM is supporting it. It's called the Cuddle Run. It's being run for the Middleton Hub uh, Suicide Support Group. And it's a very inspiring, but it's a very sad story at the same time. Uh, and you will see that from Monday... This coming Monday, Joe O'Reardon, known as Bunny O'Reardon, will take a motorbike, uh, which he has recently done up, and will visit every county in Ireland on the bike to raise funds for the Middleton Hub. Uh, And it's also in memory of his late son, Kian, who passed away, took his own life um, at the age of 17. And I believe what's sad about this, but inspiring as well, is that the bike that Bunny will ride through every single county in Ireland is the bike that he had promised to restore and do up for Kian for his 18th birthday. They sadly didn't get to celebrate that. Uh, Bunny joins me by phone. Bunny, good morning. Hello, Neil. How are you doing? It's a very, it's, it's, uh, it's an inspiring story. It's a happy story, but it's tinged with sadness for me and clearly for you too. Um, I suppose, you know, it took, it took such a long time, Neil, um, um, in, the, in the aftermath of Kian dying. Uh, in 2009, yeah. Correct. And it was, you know, I went through my own process of coming to terms with it, my own process of uh, going through the grief. And and I suppose one day I was looking at the bike, you know, I'd had the bike in my living room for about seven years. And I had taken it out of there to do some work and I kind of was looking at it and got a group of my friends and some of my family. And I just said, lads, would you be interested in helping me restore the bike? And that was four years ago. Mm. So nothing other than restoring the bike was there. You know, that's all we were doing. That was the task in hand. I just wanted to restore it and have it and to be able to use it. And, and, and that was it. That was the sole purpose of the restoration. And I suppose, you know, from there, we just found myself and a group of guys involved that, you know, there was a great camaraderie and there was a great kind of sense of purpose and a great sense of achievement that we felt that maybe we could develop that further and, and offer a support system, you know, to, to people coming through similar experiences and similar backgrounds that maybe we could offer the, the cup of coffee and an ear to listen to people. Mm. And that's really how it developed. Mm. Mm. And where we find ourselves now is heading off on Monday, county by county, and trying to raise something in the region of a hundred grand um, yeah. again, to put to good use every single cent of it. Um, from from your own point of view, though, with the loss of a child, which I which I can't process or can't comprehend how I would deal with it under any circumstances, um, and all, there must be an awful lot of unanswered questions, is there? I think in that respect to grief and our own suicide, I mean, I don't think there, there is ever going to be answers to the questions, you know, and I suppose maybe what we have tried to do rather than try to answer the questions is maybe to begin offering support to others and I suppose maybe to allow them to 
to allow their own grief um, to unfold and to be processed, you know, in a matter that's supporting. If, if you don't mind me saying so, actually, Neil, I remember in the immediate aftermath um, that it was something that I believe you were involved in, which was um, up in the boardwalk. Um, I used to attend that uh, every fortnight. It was a coffee morning and there was that's suicide bereavement. Yeah, that's it. I know. So I remember, you know, and I suppose I remember grasping at straws, looking, looking for places to go to meet people that I could identify with to maybe find a way to cope. With Did it help? Mass. Absolutely. Meeting others uh, who went through similar tragedy helped? Absolutely, because all of a sudden a taboo subject and a taboo horrible experience in one respect became normalised with people that you could just look at and know that they had a fair idea what was going on yeah. without even the words to go with it, you know. So to be in an environment like that was so helpful, you know. And I actually remember, you know, I remember at that time even after a while when I was settling down a bit, um, coming to terms, I suppose, with the generosity of people that wouldn't wish others to be suffering like that. And I suppose even the generosity that you brought at that time. Oh, I, I've never forgotten that. There's nothing, absolutely nothing, yeah. really and truly a drop in the ocean by virtue of what's needed because we're over a decade later, longer than Correct. a decade. And yeah. I, I mean, I don't mean to be negative about it, but we're, it's probably worse now than ever. Well, certainly as bad. Um, and maybe what we're just trying to do is to contribute something in a positive light. I mean, a lot of people here involved are people that come from different walks of life, but there's a lot of people also that have been involved that have experienced suicide at some level. So, if you could get one message out to all people, particularly young people, you know, what would it be? Keep talking. Keep talking. Start talking anyway, I suppose. Keep talking. And, and, you know, find a place that's safe. Find a place that's secure. Find people you can trust and talk and be that from a professional sense, be that from a friends, family, wherever. Find some place that's safe to talk with people and open up. And I suppose, talk about the untalkable. You know, that's something that will actually contribute, I believe, to, um, to a recovery process for people, you know. And be that young or old. It does, I don't think there's any barriers in that respect, Neil. And, yeah, and and are are young boys then more susceptible to clamming up than girls? Do you think are they slower to open up, find a friend, or talk to somebody? Do you think? I have no idea. I, I you know, to be honest, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even wish to go into it. I know. I know. You know yeah. Um, yeah. I, I really wouldn't. Just, just you know, I often think that some of the pressures that young people find themselves under, right, is. Um, to fit in or, or to feel that they have a purpose. And some of it is influenced by what they see, read, it could be online. And if we could only tell them that most of that either doesn't matter or it's fake and they should park all of those things, they'd have a lot less to worry about, wouldn't they? Well, again, I, I believe that's the power of speaking to peers. I believe that's the power of being able to open up and maybe to, to explore those things, you know. Um, I don't think there is really any one simple solution to this, you know, uh, again, for anybody at any age or any level, you know, uh, it's the, 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 the variables are in there and, and I don't believe there is one solution. Yeah, I know, I know. The bike is ready. It's uh, in tip-top it condition. It, it would have been, it would have been Keynes had he lived to ride it. So Monday yeah. you'll do it in his memory, county by county, clockwise, anti-clockwise, up the middle. How are you going to break it down? 
well, what we're doing is, is clockwise. Um, and I suppose, you know, I'd like, maybe like to qualify that even. It's while an element of it is in his memory, an element is really to show what we've done down here in Middleton. And what we've done here really is, I suppose, become progressive in supporting people. Keane's bike was a catalyst for that. And where we are is actually we've become a support group and hopefully a support network for people. Very much needed awareness for suicide, bereavement support and prevention because I know that there were issues, particularly in Middleton over the years, with higher rates than other parts of the country. I don't know whether you were aware of that. Yeah, I was aware of it, you know, and I know that East Cork in general has suffered tremendously from, from suicide. And, you know, again... To understand why or how I've I've no opinion on that. I don't even go there. I suppose what we've been. You're very focused. I think you deal with what you need to deal with, and you, yeah, and you're and you're sticking to your plan and where you're strong. Yeah, I see that in our exactly. conversation with you. We're, 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 I suppose you know what I learned along the way knew was what wasn't available for people in a position similar to me, and maybe that's what we're trying to actually put in there, which yeah. was a support network that was very limited, and. You know, particularly in East Cork, there was nothing available down here, really. There was nothing at all available down in East Cork in terms of support. So if you can reach, if you can reach your goal of 100 grand, you'll take an existing warehouse building and properly fit it out into a, uh, a top-class centre for those that need all sorts of support in that regard. You are, you are not travelling alone, are you? I believe there are another couple of chaps going with you. And also, uh, and Mary's yeah. going too, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a, there's a group of us going, but there's only one bike, and I suppose setting off. Uh, as part of, let's say, the pod that's actually going to travel around. Ah, I see. That would be, like, what, a couple of support fans? Exactly. So, and we we have everything from tents, and we we have, and we'll be looking for host families along the way to be putting us up, so that anything that we can generate will actually go in here, you know? So we have tents for emergency accommodation. We have, um, but we're relying on the goodwill of people as we travel around, you know? Where are you you staying first stop off if you're going clockwise, is Kerry first? Going, or is it West Cork? West Cork. We're heading from here to Bantry, and and then the following day, which so we're leaving on Monday, so we will be in Bantry on Monday evening. Uh, Tuesday, we're doing the Ring of Beira and heading out Kenmare into Killarney, and third day will be up to into Limerick. So it'll be that way. Everything is available actually on our website, which is um, MiddletonHub.com. And the whole map and route and everything is actually on there for her. If everybody wants to access that. I think in the event of you not getting uh, a bricks and mortar bedroom, you have tents as well, do you? <laughs> we have tents. Where we're actually, we're, we're, we're willing to, to, to do a bit of camping and uh, whatever it takes to get around. We just want to make it as easy. And I suppose, you know, one of the reasons we've often questioned why, why we're doing it over such a long period, you know. It's very easy to do Ireland in 24 hours on a bike. I know guys that have done it. You know, and we just want to slow things down. We want to really, really, really slow things down. We want to talk with people along the way. And that's one of the biggest things that we want to do. And Absolutely, I suppose yeah. we'd also like maybe to inspire other people to, to maybe set up other uh, support networks throughout the country for people in these positions. Yeah, you know? So we yeah. really want to take our time. You know, what you, you know what? I don't know whether anybody's helped you with this, but as you're going, you should talk to all of the other radio stations and all of the other counties that you're doing it with. They'd all be mad keen to chat with you, you know? Well, maybe you can put in the word for us. We'd certainly be open to, to be talking to everybody along the way. Radio. Yeah, I wonder if it's possible for us, even at this stage, to share it with all of the other radio stations in all of those counties. That's a great way for you to get inter-county conversations going, Bunny. 
Well, that would be fantastic, yeah. you know, so maybe we'll take your advice. I think the, so, and let's see, let's see if that. we can help on that. We've got a big enough and handy Excellent. enough team here to make, just to let them know that you're on the way, have, have motorbike, will travel. Um, so I know that you start on Monday. Do you mind me just chatting quickly with Mary? Because the last time I spoke to Mary was way back in the day when she came to yeah. me with a long bucket list, right? Um, yes. And I, I know that she's actually, uh, let, well, let her tell the story herself because I don't even know okay. if she's got a bike license yet. Mary, good morning. <laughs> Good morning, Neil. How are you this good, morning? Good. Have you been to Have you been doing your bike driving lessons? I most certainly have. Oh, and I, how dare and you. I most certainly have a bike license, oh. and I'll go one further. I have my bike, Neil. <laughs> so, what are you getting up on? A uh, seven fifty thousand cc? No, Goldwing? no, no. I think that was a little, a little um, too ambitious for a little old me. So, I got a Honda fifty, a Honda Rebel five hundred. A five hundred? Yes. That's a big bike. It's it's very manageable for me. It's a kind of a cruiser style bike because I'm I'm pretty I'm fairly small. <laughs> I'm well. I'm I'm shortish. Okay, and yeah, so I'm, you, I'm about five foot two. <laughs> How do you get up in it? Excuse me. <laughs> the same as anybody gets on their bike, swing their leg over. <laughs> swing your leg over it and then kick off the bike stand. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. And off you go. All right, and how, so you did all of the lessons, did you? I did. I started off the time I spoke to you when I was also known as Sarah. I I wished to remain on, anonymous at the time, but now I don't. My name is Mary, and I'm so quite you, happy to say. So your I'm bucket Mary. your bucket list at the time, Sarah, also known as Mary, was to learn yes. Spanish, to learn the piano, to do a jewelry yes. making class, to learn how to yes. sail. How many of them did yes. you do? Well, I had started my piano myself and I had started my Spanish myself and I'm doing fine. I'm doing, I'm doing very, very well with those. So I enlisted your help because I knew nothing about motorbikes. That's right. And you in turn put me in touch with Bonnie um, and with Dave Brown. And the Middleton I, Hub, yeah, yeah. The middle, yeah. Well, Dave Brown has his own, um, his own training school. Um, so after a few weeks I actually went down to Bunny down to the Middleton Hub and he took me out on his beautiful BMW bike and I was literally hooked from that night on <laughs> and shortly after that then he took me over to meet Dave Brown and I then applied for my period test which I passed and then I got my provisional license and I have done one full day of training um, with Dave Brown who is the most superb trainer I have ever in my life come across now, we think that training someone to ride a motorbike is easy. It is not. It's probably one of the hardest jobs there is. He is a fit, as fit as a fiddle from running around after me around the training um, school down in, in Middleton. That training school is probably full of those pesky yellow bollards that you have to go in and out of and weave in and out well, of. Well, he has cones, yeah. But yeah, I mean, cones. just cones to get me right. up on the bike first and to get me to be able to balance the bike. Getting up on it is one thing. Staying up on it is another staying thing. Staying up on it was another thing. And it took me until lunchtime the first day to, to be confident enough to know that, God, I'm not going to fall off. I actually can do this. And have you done any kind of runs? Like, have you been out and about? Oh, God, no, because I'm a couple of hours away from getting my IBT, which is my initial basic training. And once I have that passed, I'm out on the road then. And are you joining part of the Cuddle Runner? What's the deal there? No, I'm not. But I am going down to Bantry the first day. Yeah, um, so you with are, a really. group of, yeah. of volunteers. Yeah. And maybe if I'm... 
if I'm confident enough, I will pick up the last um, leg of the run, maybe as far as I might go as far as Waterford and come back with them on no my own. No reason why not. Just taking your time yeah. and taking it handy. Well, you're yeah. some you're some woman for one woman. You set out with the bucket list and you're achieving it and knocking them off one by one. Yeah. So How did you get on with the sailing? Did you ever go doing a bit of sailing? You wanted to I sail a boat or drive a rib? I don't have time because <laughs> I've discovered that once you get go down to the Middleton Hub, you're literally sucked in. You 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 just care about it so much and what they're doing down there and you get so incredibly involved in it you just want to keep going and yeah. that's what happened to me well, I think so I go down on Friday evenings and we have a chat with the guys and the girls that come there on Sunday then we started um, around the same time we started the coffee run the coffee stop for the bikers and indeed you don't need to be a biker to pop in so that's on every Sunday morning from 10 until 2 and it is the most fantastic, fantastic place to be we get groups from all over the country. We recently we had a fabulous group from County Offaly, and we had we see the most amazing bikes, and we meet the most amazing people, and they're just superb. You're hooked on so, the bikes. You're hooked on your five hundred. Yeah. So I really don't have time for much else. However, at the time I did mention my jewellery class, and the great BB from St John's College rang, and she offered me a course starting in September so I will be doing that on Tuesday night. Well done. Fair play to you. Yeah. Fair play to you. That's a bucket list that you put together earlier in the year and we've been knocking it out of the ballpark and soon you will have uh, your full licence. You'll be off on the bike and the highways yeah. and byways will lay out before you. But I wish you well Mary. Do stay in touch Thank with regards so to that. Thank you so much. I wait and I just want to say what a wonderful job the guys down in the Middleton Hub are doing. They're just fantastic. Absolutely. Everybody that goes there whether you know, for whatever reason they come in, they all get such a huge amount out of it. And would and that people be people that, of all ages walking in just to talk? Oh, absolutely. To talk or to volunteer, it doesn't matter the reason you go. You know, we have guys come in with their grandsons, we have people come in with their with their their sons or their daughters. Um, Bunny's family, there's a huge number of those involved in it. And you know what, we all get such um, a sense of, achievement from being involved in it and such a sense of satisfaction I actually am really really thrilled to be part of it I actually probably get more out of it than I put into it and that is really really true Alright girl, look after yourself drive safely, yeah. stay in touch Sarah good luck, I will, take care absolutely and thank you very, very Mary, much Mary I should say, Sarah's stuck yeah. in my head God bless, take care, so Bunny good luck good. on Monday, you know and uh, may you raise the 100,000 if people want to get involved in raising funds how do they go about that, donating to themiddletonhub.com Correct, and there's a donate uh, page there, or donate button on the page, Neil, and we would be really grateful for anybody that does support us along the way, you know. But keep an eye out for us as well, and um, as I say, we're heading off from here at about 1 o'clock on, on Monday, but we'll be gathering from about 10.30 on Monday morning. So if anybody's around, pop over, the kettle will be on, and uh, there'll be some food and stuff available as well. I don't have a whole lot of time left, but just last point that I just wanted to kind of just hone in on is, Having gone through what you've gone through and other parents, of course, gone through it also and the worry with others that their children might be struggling, what would you hope to achieve with regards to reaching, you know, the, the, the ability to reach out to talk to people who are struggling? Is it for them, as you say, to, to talk and keep talking or can they go to a hub like that and, and just meet with people and say, I'm struggling, I'm finding it difficult? Yeah, we find we find as people come in with varying during states of, let's say, um, situations going on in their lives and what we find is 
there are times where people walk in and maybe after they might be crippled with anxiety for argument's sake there might be serious stuff going on in their lives and they come in and they risk and they take a chance and they come in and they they open up inside here after a while and I think that for me, one of, one of the keys is always is to allow people, you know, plant seeds with people and create a safe environment. And when someone feels safe, they will talk, you know, and if people can be encouraged to talk, I believe, you know, we, we can get to the root of a lot. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. All right, buddy. Listen, uh, good luck on Monday. Um, do stay in touch over the course of the month. It would love to, love to be in a position to track your movements, you know, see how things are going. We'd like that very much. Neil. All right. And uh, we'll, we'll see what we can do with regards to hooking you up with other radio stations as you go about your travels. They'd be very keen to talk to you as you go along. All right. Neil, thank you very much. We appreciate okay, it. Okay, buddy. Take care. Cheers. Take care. Further Bye-bye. details on all of this at uh, the Middleton, Middleton Hub. I'm Lana O'Connor. Red FM News is first for local, national and international news. And you can stay up to date by tuning into our hourly news bulletins or by clicking on redfm.ie. Thank you for making the Neil Prendiville Show the most listened to talk show in Cork again. Cork's Red FM. Get involved in the conversation yourself. Text 0868104106. It's a free food Friday. Roosters, Piri Piri, Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park will feed at least 15 of you with a whole bunch of starters and main courses and desserts. And some more shout outs on this Friday morning to all of the staff at Boots and Half Moon Street who are listening. To the Heart and Vascular Department in the Matter Private. To PGB Sports in uh, Blackpool who are listening today. To everybody at Little Hands Child Care and Redemption Road. To Tui in Wilton, to the Balancholy Gardens Garda Station staff, hardworking boys and girls in blue, to everybody at Ornor Tires in Balancholic, Pro Valley in Maham Point, Stanta in Blackpool, Premium Premium Golf Brands working hard and wrecked and starving, MMD Construction are listening at the Airport Business Park, Northside Glass on the Old Mallow Road, Trevor Toolhire, Glintown Care Centre in Glanmire, Broderick's Chemist on Barrick Street, Roadstone in Mallow, PPL Biomechanics, Power Aggregates are listening, Mayfield Sports Complex. Balafihan Health Centre, the Weight Wellbeing Clinic in Mallow, or PC Haulage in Grenade. Kita Products in Glaunton and Cork Engine Centre are also listening Glarney Castle and Gardens Smurfits, Dean Civils on the Glashian Road, the Cardiology Cath Labs in the CUH, Aldi's Distribution Warehouse listen in Mitchellstown, Walsh Graphics in Little Island and finally for everybody at the House of Hair and Kinsale including Sandra, Donna Arlene and Denise, they'd share it with their customers. So you got about 20 minutes to WhatsApp who you are and where you are to 086-8104-106 and we'll do some more shout-outs between now and then and then pick a win around about 10 minutes to midday. We also have the uh, family passes to explore Cork County and all of its wonderful tourist attractions and our final 350 euro hamper of goodies from Garden Goodness, the Good Fish Company, the Butcher's Block and Hassett's Bakery. It's chock full of all their goodies and they're down and family businesses themselves at the food court at Douglas Court Shopping Centre. And that giveaway, the 350 euro voucher, sorry, the 350 euro hamper is all based on friends and friendship. And I was given a list of the things that, uh, what you know, the things that make a good friend. And one of them was Uh, To be honest with your friends if they wear something that doesn't suit in the sense that you should be able to tell them, yes, your bum does look big in that. 
But somebody reminded me by text, big bums are in fashion, Neil. I'd be delighted if somebody said to me I had a big bum. That's fashion, of course, body style changes and shape changes, and big bums are in. So we need to knock that one off the list. But back to friendship we go. Um, Lots of great calls on this. Phil is standing by, Elaine is standing by. First up, Margaret, good morning. Morning, Neil, from beautiful Bally Oh, I'm glad you mentioned it, because I was going to... Are you on your holidays? No, we have a mobile home here. Oh. Where we where we spend summer here. Yeah, but that's just a long holiday, isn't it? It is, Neil. A long, relaxing holiday. And I, I have you to know? ask you, have you had it there years? Yes, we have. We're here about 20 years, Neil. Uh, and what's the weather like at the moment? Lovely. We're on the decking at the moment now, yourself and myself. Oh, you're so posh. You have decking outside the mobile. Oh, yes, Neil. We're very posh down here, we we're very we're the upper section down here. So do you do you barbecue down there and everything? Oh yeah, of course we do. All right, okay. I was in Ballybunion uh, a couple of years ago. It was great don't fun. We know. It was and great. We just, we just missed you. Oh, I had a great couple of days down there. To some extent, it was almost like as if it was trapped in time. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh yes, yes. It kind of never came into the 20th century. <laughs> you're like, because I tell you, the fun fair, the fun fair arrived last night. So we have the fun fair in one field and we have the circus in the other field. <laughs> and really you're, you're old fashioned. You know, it's really old fashioned me. And you're another circus right in the middle of it. And I, I'm in the biggest circus of all. Tell me, did you work years ago in Thompson's? I did. All right. I did in Princess Street. I right. did. Okay. In the cake shop, was it? The cake shop. And I also done the waitressing when they were stuck in the in the restaurant. Where was the restaurant? Was that Princess Street as At well? The back. Yeah. Right. The cake shop is in the front and then you go up three steps into the restaurant. And was it there? Thompson's were on Leeside for years and years. But Oh, years, Neil. My mother worked in there as well. I better say hello to her now. Hello, ma'am. <laughs> Out in the front. And my mother was cooking there and she brought me in there for the summer holidays, Neil. And I loved it and stayed there. So they were making and baking and preparing the cakes, all of the beautiful oh, yeah. cakes. On McCurtain yeah. Street, right? That's right. And, and then, the bread vans would bring them down in the morning. And the bread vans were also bringing them around all of the housing estates as well. They were. And then they, they would sell them in their shops and also in their cafe. That's right, Neil. Also in their cafe. So what was it like as a 13-year-old um, working inside the, in Thompson's Fabulous. with all of the beautiful cakes? I used to work there on a Saturday when I was going to school, of course. Uh, worked there with all the cakes. If you saw me now, you know about all the cakes, Neil. I go away on that. I'm telling you the God's got the truth. <laughs> you know, well, she worked in Thompson. She was <laughs> obviously at the cakes. <laughs> so how's your blood pressure and your cholesterol? Oh, perfect, thank God. <laughs> well, it hasn't done you any harm then. <laughs> no, it hasn't done us any harm. All right, so you'd walk in every day from the Pauladoff Road, down Barrack Street yeah. or something like that, yeah. and off in. And did you strike off up in. a friendship with one particular person? I did, Neil. I struck up the most wonderful friendship with the best friend you could ever have in life. And of course, she's the famous queen of Barrett Street, Breda Toomey, Toomey Shop. Everybody knows Breda. She's my lifelong friend over 51 years, Neil. And how did you meet? Was it just... I'd, I'd walk in from Polisoff Road on the way to work. Just pop in, I'd is call it? in for something, yeah. And I, on the way up, back up from work, I'd pop in, maybe say, bag to hear those bottles and we just got talking, and that's how the friendship developed, Neil. And it's lasted over 51 years. Never had a fight, never had an argument. We've been through thick and thin. She's always there if you need her. 
Isn't that amazing? And that all started as a yeah. small girl going into Thompson's yeah. with a Saturday job, popping yeah. her head in, leaning up against yeah. the counter and chatting away. And chatting away. And I don't think we've ever stopped chatting since. She is wonderful, Neil. And as you got a slightly bit older, you started to yeah. go out and do a bit of socialising and dancing we together, did. is it? We did. We used to go to do uh, the island rooms. In the Hilton oh, Hotel? We used to go up to the Hilton the, uh, that's the story now you want to hear. The, oh, so where were the island rooms then? Moore's Hotel. In Moore's Hotel. Oh my yeah. God. Long, long time was ago. Was that cabaret, was it? Todd, yeah. You'd have Dickie Rock, you'd have Sunny Nose, you'd have the whole lot of them. Right. So, be, so between the island rooms and the Hilton. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Breed loved the Hilton now, not Margaret. Margaret loved the island rooms. Did you? So be the island rooms for me and... Breeder loved the Hilton, so I tossed along with her to the Hilton. She used to love the Hilton on a Sunday night, Neil. Yeah, 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 yeah. Did you meet a couple I, of boys there? We, oh, yeah, yeah. We were up there in one February, Neil. I wasn't going out, and it was snow, thick snow on the ground. And you one decided, here we go, come on. We crawled in the snow up to the Hilton. You could walk cock that time. And these two little sights were inside in the Hilton. Two little sights. Sites, yeah. Be very careful now. One of them is standing next to you. I think, go on. <laughs> Came over and asked us to dance. And what did I say? And she'd say, that's where love begins. <laughs> so they walked us home, Neil, because John was living in Toker. Mike's friend was Glasheen. I was Polar Duff Road. And we dropped the other one off in Barrack Street. And that's where it began, Neil. 43 years later, that's where it began. <laughs> You married, if you were with her, if you were her, if you were, she never married herself, the crabby little one. Oh, so the other site that she met in the Hilton, she didn't bother with him. Oh, no, but you no, st- no. You stuck to the plan. I stuck to your man. <laughs> I stuck to your man. Like, well, I say, he stuck to me like Lou. Why not? Like, he followed me around. He stuck to me like Lou Neil. He wouldn't <laughs> leave me go. Your lap dog. <laughs> oh, yeah, my little lap dog. <laughs> See, I, if you're out with her anywhere. Like, I have two boys myself, Jordan and Jonathan. She'd say to them, just you remember, I got your father fee. I'm telling you, I got you your father. And she, she said, you know, he got her a husband. <laughs> do you I'm still, telling you, do you still go out, Do you still go out and about with Breda? Well, not, I, have been, I haven't been well for two years, Neil. And uh, we will, please God, no, we always just go the last Friday of every month. But please God, when things now, you know, when I come on another bit, We'll tattle off and we'll back to normality. Slowly but surely. And I need you to yeah. tell me, what makes a good friend? That's how all oh, this started earlier in the week. A, f- a friend is someone you could rely on. You could tell Bree did the murder of a man. It wouldn't go beyond her. She's loyal. She's... She, Anyone would tell us she's the Queen of Barrack Street. But hold on a second. Now. If you murdered a man and you told her yeah. and then there was a ransom for information no. of a million euro, uh, no. what would Breda do then? No, she wouldn't tell. <laughs> she would not. I'm telling you the truth. She wouldn't tell. And I often was inside in that shop for her and someone would come in for a neck. I've never, ever seen her kneel without a smile in her face. I've never seen her angry. I've never seen her without a smile on her face for everybody. People would come in for the echo and they'd be still inside talking to her an hour later. I know what you're and saying, what, yeah. She'd yeah. be giving them jelly babies. <laughs> she is the kind, and I, I tell you, if anyone would tell you, we call her the Queen of Barrett Street. She is, 
And oh, I'd better say hello to Pat now, her brother as well, who lives with her. And he's in Toomey shop in Sullivan's Key. I know but, the one in Sullivan's Key, yeah, but I don't think Breeders I was ever brother. in Breeder Toomey shop. And I'm Barrick Street. For God's sake, no. She's there seven days a week. You're peddling around on your bike. I know, I know. Calling for the jelly. I, you know what? When you're well enough and up for it, will you bring me there? I will, of course. When and I t- come home on a belly bunny and I'll bring you into that shop. Because oh, I love jellies. I'd have no problem. I wouldn't be refusing and a fistful no of them. And girl will give you jellies. And how would she feel this morning now hearing all of these wonderful things about I'd her? I'd say now she's inside in the shop and she's laughing her head off and she's saying, Daddy, you just... <laughs> but she will. If anybody goes into the shop, she'll tell him, yeah, that's the one I got a husband for. That's right. That's right. I got her a husband. No matter where you are, Neil, you weddings or anything, you know, I got her, John, come here. I got her, see her, I got her. She I, wouldn't have any money for me. We, I love Cork humour, weight and Cork characters, the likes of yourself um, and Breed and lots more besides him. I'm <laughs> telling you, Neil, she is wonderful. We followed Joe Dolan, the length and breadth of Ireland. <laughs> Every concert we ever went to was Joe Dolan. It's you, it's you, it's yeah. you. La, 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 we were there, Neil, la, la. and John was in Dublin with our camp for 10 years, and we went up. At the weekend, he was out in the Star Hotel, and we were interviewed by a journalist, <laughs> and we were on the Sunday Independent the following Sunday. Why? I tell you, Joe Dolan's greatest fans. <laughs> we we attend the journalist all his concerts. Did Joe Dolan play did. the Hilton? Did he play the Island Rooms? No, no. Joe, no. Our spot, of course, was Silver Springs, or the Star Hotel, and we loved the Glen Eagle. Of course, we'd be down the Glen Eagle for Joe. Oh, the the. You, you want to have another show now for the stories I could tell you about George <laughs> Dolan and Frida Toomey. <laughs> assuming, assuming, they're, assuming they're broadcastable. <laughs> well, some of them are. All right. Well, listen, it's so good to chat with you. I love stories like lovely, yours. <laughs> lovely, lovely to speak to you, Lovely to speak to you. Only say hello to the Queen of Barrett Street. Oh, you got it. It's done. You've done and it very well yourself, Margaret. You've done it very well yourself. for one thing now, I have two boys myself. To know I'm dying. Jonathan is walking above an Avon Court with his daughter Megan. Where I have my other boy, as I say, my grandchildren can't pass Barrett Street without coming out loaded. And but she my making, other boy. She's making no profit there, that woman. She's no, giving everything away. She don't. She don't. <laughs> the other boy is Gerard. He's married and he's living in Kilbrain. And his birthday was yesterday, so I hadn't seen him. So happy birthday, Gerard. You're one in a million, Margaret. Listen, enjoy the rest of Belly Bunny. Stay listening, all right, girl? And I'll talk to you soon. All right, girl. Take care a while. Bye, Neil. Oh, the calls are just great the last few days. And I wish I had more prizes for them. I hate having to pick a winner. You know what I mean? Thank you so much, Margaret. That was lovely. Can I just mention, I I need to take a break and then I'll come back to some calls in a minute. But one of the winners during the week, uh, I got off the air way way too fast because I was under pressure. And I didn't, you know, we had a winner that I didn't announce. Do you recall? I'm going to play a little bit of a, a story, actually, from Elaine. Um, you might recall the story of, of uh, um, this is to do with, you know, driving test stories. We were talking about it at the time for one of our hampers. But her, it was a chap who, she was telling the story of the rear view mirror falling off before the driving test. And then in a panic, he used chewing gum to stick the mirror up again, right? And then uh, afterwards, she did her own driving test herself. And, uh, you know, she thought that the, the tester actually wanted a kiss. You might, you might recall that. If you don't, anyway, she gets a hamper for that fabulous call. This was part of it. I've actually two quick stories to tell you. Tommy, this was about 30 years ago. He went for his driving test. My friend's boyfriend at the time, he's now her husband. And as he was waiting in the car park for the examiner's 
guy to come out. His rear view mirror, mirror fell off. I have no, it was only temporarily on anyway. And he was like, oh, Jesus. But he was eating chewing gum, so he stuck chewing gum. He stuck it back up with chewing gum. <laughs> and sure, your man selling thought nothing of it. Tommy thought, fingers crossed, here I go. So Tommy was driving along, and next here's the mirror coming down. So Tommy caught the mirror and put it into his lap. And he's driving along, and when he needs to look down, he lifts the mirror back up and drove one of his And in the end, your man said, stop, 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 stop. No way, no way. We couldn't stop laughing, eh? And then my own money, right? <laughs> my own test. And I went around, no, I've been asked, no, I was out my niece's dead party. So I should have been up sensible, but I wasn't, so... Drink them as well to keep the drink from smelling. Went around anyway. You could have been and, doing uh, the test over the limit, woman. Oh, completely, completely. And he said to me, called me anyway, and said, Oh my God, I'll just go back and tell him all I passed. I failed because I'm disastrous with the driving. So it was my first try. I went in, did the test, went around, and we got back into the office, and he said to me, Well, he said, You passed? I said, Pass. <laughs> he said, You passed? I said, Oh God, thanks very much. And he said, Because I'll pay, pay for work, and he says to me, Well, that's it. And I said, oh, my God, you dirty knobber. I said, me, oh, mind. He wants a kiss? <laughs> and I thought, He said, oh, that's geez. it. He yeah. said, that's I said, it. Yeah, you thought he said, give us a kiss. I thought he said, give us a kiss. <laughs> so here I am, Neil, right, leaning across the table, and he's backing away from me. Oh, for God's said, sake, stop. What's his problem? <laughs> so next I went and I gave him a kiss on the cheek, and he went, boy, boy. And he said to me, oh, my God. He said, I only said, that's it, Neil. The ground could have swallowed me up. I swear, I came home and I told my husband and the family, they pissed themselves in the head. They were, you fooled yourself, bro. And to this day, they say, well, you know, she only passed the test because she kissed your man. <laughs> to this day, I still get slagged over it. And you'll continue to be slagged even more now. Well done. That's a great story, Elaine. And for that story, <laughs> and the way she told it, uh, a 350 euro hamper filled with the very best of produce <laughs> and garden goodness, Hassett's Bakery, the Good Fish Company, and the Butcher's Block. Some more about that in a minute. Actually, talking about things that make you laugh, right? Just seriously, ahead of the break, I'll do this in two parts. A buddy of mine, Kieran, sent me an actual list of complaints apparently received by Thomas Cook Vacations from dissatisfied customers. Now, it said that they're actual complaints. I'm taking that at face value. I don't know. But Thomas Cook Vacations say that these are the some of the, some of the things that customers give them grief over um, when they came back from their holidays. And these are the quotes. They should not allow topless sunbathing on the beach. It was very distracting for my husband who just wanted to relax. Another one. On my holiday to Goa in India, I was disgusted to find that almost every restaurant served curry. I don't like spicy food. You should have warned us. A third one. We went on holiday to Spain and had a problem with the taxi drivers. They were all Spanish. Uh, Another one. We booked an excursion to a water park, but no one told us we had to bring our own swimsuits and towels. We assumed it would be included in the price. The beach was too sandy. We had to clean everything when we returned to our room. We found the sand was not the sand in the brochure. Your brochure showed the sand as white, but it was more yellow. I'll just bring it up to 10. It's lazy of the local shopkeepers in Puerto Vallarta to close in the afternoons. I often needed to buy things during siesta time. Siestas should be banned. Three more. No one told us there would be fish in the water. The children were so scared. Although the brochure said that there was a fully equipped kitchen, there was no egg slicer in the drawers. And the final one for now. I think it should be explained in the brochure that the local convenience store does not sell proper biscuits like custard creams or ginger nuts. 
And that's only half of them. I'll do more before midday. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. This hamper is a super prize. 350 euro worth in the hamper. Garden goodness with all of the fruit and the veg and the Wexford strawberries and the new spuds from Cork and the fish company with gorgeous fish and the butcher's block then with dry-aged steak and burgers and all sorts of wonderful things for the barbecue and Hassett's then, all of the cakes and crackers and pies and quiches and apparently they do a very famous sausage roll. Regards to Breda Toomey up there on uh, Barrick Street, got a lovely text in from Brian Healy of Healy's Breads. He says they deliver bread uh, to Toomey's every single day. Keep those stories coming. Text 0868104106. We're talking about friendship for our fifth and final hamper and this will do some serious barbecuing if you're lucky enough to win one. Uh, first up, Phil, good morning. Oh, good morning, Neil. I haven't spoken to you for some time. It's been a while. How have you been? On this, uh, well, I just haven't been well. Haven't you? No, I listen to you still every morning. Know, Don't worry about I know, that. I know, I know. You're always for You getting out, though? You getting but, out and about uh, for a bit of an old stroll, a bit of a walk, anything like that? No, I've been out now for six weeks at this time. So, and I live in my own. I know. But I have two dogs. They're my life. Oh, my God. Yeah. If I didn't have them. And if I didn't have my friend, Brenda. Well, she was Brenda Galvin. I still call her Brenda Galvin. But her married name is Brenda Corcoran. Over 70 years. I know her over, over 70 years. We went to school together. Now, that's hard to believe. But it's the God's honest truth, Nathan. Or, sorry, you, you went, you, she, you were kind of in town in school, were you? In St. Mary's in the Isle, wasn't it? They bears is the idea. Well, we lived in Iscar at that time. So we got the bus at um, quarter past eight in the morning and we didn't get home then until quarter to five. And I was only four and a half. That, oh my God. Four and so a half. So much in the street, even up to school, you know, it was a fairly long walk, especially in the rain. It was great in the summertime. And where's but, Brenda from? You know, she lived in Barrick Street. She had wonderful parents as well. And about halfway up, maybe a little bit more, uh, there was a couple of three-storey houses. And that's where she lived. I love it. And, you know, the kitchen was downstairs, so the, the dining room then was upstairs. So that poor woman, Calvin, she used to have to, you know, take all the food upstairs. I know. She cooked in the kitchen. Yeah, yeah. And I wonder why. I suppose that's I the way the houses were laid out, maybe higgledy-piggledy like that. Oh, well, probably where that would be older than my house, for heaven's sake. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But so little Bernie tells even, me the two of you would be looking over at the boys over in the, in the Crawford, because the Crawford oh, would have been across the, the road. Oh, the Crawford. Or should we were caught once or twice by the nuns, like that was prohibited. When we'd be out there. Looking at boys. You know. <laughs> yeah, sure across the, uh, the Crawford. But should they be looking at us as well? But the nuns, at anything the nuns wouldn't be impressed with that, I'd say. Oh, no. No, we got caught once or twice. Oh, my God. You want to know, well, that time, I mean, you could get a few slaps, as you know. Yeah. They can't do that now. Yeah. Thank yeah, God. Yeah. So, so, so that was when you were very small. But did you were you friends all through the years? I mean, did did uh, did Brenda not go overseas or something? Yeah. No, no, no. She lives up in Silver Heights Avenue. Always stayed at both of you, yeah. Yes, and I stayed with you know with Brenda, you know, good few times. And her mother would come up in the morning, you know, the old bowls long go and the joke with the half water. Yeah. 
to wash your face and hands before you went to school. And that poor woman had to walk up three stories to do that. But Brenda, and all the years I know her, no, we, we never lost touch. But, you know, I got married and then Brenda got married and we were involved with the children. Yeah, yeah. But my God, 24 hours a day and I mean that need. And she I remember said, in one of the I conversations mean, with you, she may have helped you because you reared the children from a very young age on your own and you worked very hard cleaning houses and doing well, housekeeping. And all I sorts. cleaned houses because I'd never, ever, ever left my children with anybody else. Yeah, I know. 24 hours a day. Yeah, yeah. And to this day, my older daughter died. She'd be dead 13 years now at Christmas. Oh, dear. Yeah. And I could still that I have a bad day, I can still talk to Brenda and she will listen to me. Yeah. Nobody wants to listen to you, Neil, after 13 years. But the loss of a child is the most horrendous thing that will ever happen to you. <sighs> I know. And sure. she'll, she'll always, always listen. She's the greatest listener. You could tell her anything. I've spoken to her about situations in my childhood that I never ever told anybody. So does that make a good, we're asking people all week, what makes a good friend? And they give loads of different examples of that. But I think you're saying to me to be a good listener. Good listener and somebody you could trust. Yeah. And you can trust Brenda 100%. 100%. And I mean, she's there now up in Silver Heights. She's the same age as me. And they still, they're very involved in the community. They still um, do voluntary work. Well, everything is voluntary. And, you know, if somebody wants somebody to to listen to them or just go and talk to somebody for an hour or two, Brenda's there. It's interesting you say that with with the loss of a child, it's important to be able to talk and say how you feel. But as time goes by, you believe that more and more people won't want to hear it anymore. You know, 13 years later. No, you, you no, know. no, no. Yeah, because you're no, never over no. it. You like. get on. No, never. I mean, I know my mother. I thought I'd never get anything as bad as that. But I never expected one of my children to die. And to this day, she's the only one when I have a bad day that I could talk to. Yeah. And she listened to me. And she said, do you need me to call out to you, Phil? We'll there, we'll go for a spin, we'll go for a coffee. Nothing is any trouble to us. It's her. a lovely because story from the age of four in St. Mary's in the Isle, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, I was about four, and a half, about four and a half. I was four in December. Yeah. And I went Was to your daughter the oldest child or, or what, what? Yeah, I only had two needles. She was the older girl, but she lived in England all her adult life. And she died... Actually, quite suddenly, I was just getting ready for work. I was doing the four to ten shift in Marks and Spencer's, and the phone rang about ten past three. And her friend said, "Sarah's after having a stroke." Oh, I said, "Tell her I'm on the next flight." And luckily, there was a flight within less than two hours, and I, because I'm near the airport, mm-hmm. and I got there just with some underwear and changed clothes. I thought I was going over to bring her home mm. and look after her and mm. she got well. And nobody ever spoke to me. Nobody came near us until after three in the morning 
I was there about six and they, I said, Sarah's breathing is funny. And they said, oh yeah, we won't be reviving her. And I said, what do you mean? He, oh, he said, she has a bleed to the brain. So there's nothing we can do. And he walked away from me. God her. almighty. And she what died a at ten past three. My oh, God, what a way to tell died. you that. What a way to share that important information. I know. And then trying to get her out of England because I had to bring her home. Oh, my God. Only that she had a wonderful friend, Sharon. And she knew that I had to go to the courts and go to judges and yeah. get a funeral home and a jury to just release her, da- her body. You were there yeah. with her, though, when she passed, Phil. You were there oh, by her God, side, as all mothers I should was. be. And her two sons. Yeah. And um, her, one of her best friends, we were there with her. But um, I just, I was, do- I was just numb. Totally and I numb, think I yeah. just spent five days, and it only took me five days to get her home. Yeah. And people said to me, you couldn't get, you know, because in England, they mightn't be buried for six weeks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And they don't release the body. But Sharon, her friend, she she knew all bits and pieces and yes, helped you to sort it out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's interesting that you said yeah. about I, Brenda that um, you said I think because of ongoing health issues, only for your only for her, you'd be dead. You really believe that? I would. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh God, absolutely, Neil. And I mean that now because I'm black or white. I don't say something I don't mean. I know. I love the stories of of friendships that go on for literally decades and decades, and in some of them over half a century. Well, I'm over 70 years now with Brenda. Brenda, It's got to be a record. 70 years. Well, I think it's good. I mean, how many people could say that? Not me. I mean, absolutely absolutely not. You're too young. No, but nobody... Yeah, no, I'm, I'm... Younger than you, I know I am. Yeah, but people come into your life and they go out of your life. They come into your life, they go out of your life. And you make new friends and you lose all... You don't fall out with them. You, they they just drift, you know? Drift apart, yes, yeah. I know. Yeah. I know, I've had... And do you don't know, I would say to Kevin, uh, Sean Wren, who lives in Tenerife, you've often had it yeah, on the Sean radio. And Sue, yeah, Yes, or he had a phobia again yesterday. Every week, we talk to one another. Isn't he amazing? I'm not well at the minute. Isn't that amazing? And, oh, gosh, he wants me to go over and they look after. I said, I haven't a notion of it. I wouldn't get on the plane anymore. Never travelled since. Give up my job. Give up driving. I give up everything. And, you know, I just know who wants to listen to that in the name of God. Yeah. I like listening to you. I, I enjoy our chats. And I'm sure people listening will love hearing you as well. And the chats. Well, I'd love. say they don't. I'd say they don't. Not at all. I don't agree with you there. I don't want to be disagreeing with you, but you're not right there anyway. You know, you can pick up the phone anytime um, you want. And we'll, we'll chat away. Listen, I'm going to plough on for now, Phil, and wish you a lovely weekend. Okay. And, 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 and and also best wishes to Brenda Corcoran on the other side of the river. Brenda too. Corcoran. Right. Oh, my God. She right, is girl. amazing. She's just amazing. Mind Thank yourself. You very much. Stay in touch. All right, Phil. Thank you, bye, 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 bye. Okay, bye. the clock is ticking away on me, guys, as it always does. Vera, good morning. Hello, Neil. How you're, are you? Actually, you're not far off uh, Phil's 
um, you know, friendship in 70 years. I know, years. the number, number. Yeah, yeah, I've been listening to her, Claire, and 65. my heart is breaking for her. I know, I know. Um, and, yeah. and, and, and I've, had the same, I've had the same experience after losing a, losing a child. Oh, fuck, that's dreadful. Okay. That's, yeah, yeah, it is. Whatever, whatever. Yeah, yeah life is hard. Anyhow, how do you, how do, you cope, how do you cope with that? Um, you just have to kind of talk to him every day. I Your believe son. he's with me. Your son. Yes, my yeah. son, my eldest son. My, yeah. my own, yeah, my eldest son, I had no brothers. And uh, yeah, it's hard and uh, I won't talk too much about it because I, I get, choke up. I understand, yeah. but our thoughts are with you because yeah. it's difficult. But tell me about your pal then. Oh, listen, we were the two maddest hatters and we still are. Margaret, you know? mad as a hatter. Margaret is in Holland, yeah. yeah. She's in Holland now. She's been there many years and uh, she went there Oh, God, I think the teenager. But we were together from, we didn't, we weren't friends in national school. We became friends in secondary school. And um, I, we used to walk home together. Uh, we did sort of everything together as teenagers. And it just went on and on, even though she went away. The friendship has just, it just, it was just a bond. It's just a bond. And we're still absolutely, as I say, besties. And I go stay with her, and in any times of trouble, you can talk to her. She rings me regularly. Where did you go, go when you were much younger? You know, if you, did you socialise together of that oh, age? Oh, we socialised, yeah, the dances, and as I said, the, the one the one mad instance there, which I told you in the email. And uh, yeah, the dances, but I think I started a relationship younger than her, and then I stayed in the relationship which I went on to get married yeah. but then she at that point then she didn't make a relationship in Coles I don't think yeah. and she went to Holland with a friend and then she met her, her, her husband at the time yeah. over there yeah. and um, we went on to have families we both had a daughter first and then she had two sons and I had four sons and yeah it's just it's just uh, it's just something I don't know, I suppose 65 years. Over it's an amazing years. thing, actually, because it would be easier now to stay in touch because of mobile phones, texting, oh, WhatsApp, absolutely. online, absolutely. Facebook. Like, you would have yeah. been writing a lot of the time. Yes, we probably would. Yeah. yeah. And then she used to come home fairly often because, well, her family was still in Cove. And, uh, but, yeah, she has, she'd stay with me many times. And then there was different, you know, what life does to you. Family members pass on and I'd have them all in my house and... You know, you put them all up if they have to come here. So if you if you were living in Carrigtool, the closest you could get to a dance was on your bike in Cove, is it? No, we were living in Cove. Right. Oh, you, it was Tool had the, Tool of the dance hall then? <laughs> they had. Well, Cove had them as well. But of course, we decided we'd go farther afield and check out the talent out oh, there. Oh, you wanted to see the talent in faraway distant <laughs> towns and villages. Yes, yes. You were choosy yes, enough, yes. like. Cove boys were Oh, good yeah, enough. yeah. We thought we were the bee's knees, like, you know, whatever. <laughs> you... Did you get someone so, in Carrigtool or did you marry someone from Cove? No, we didn't. I told you in the email what they did to us. The two of us cycled off out there and... I don't remember much about the dance, to be quite honest with you. And uh, we came out at the end of the night to come back, cycle back to Cove, and the, somebody had let the air out of the wheels and the bikes. <laughs> and uh, the two of us walked from Carrie Tool to Cove. Now, like, I met a friend after, and she said, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even drive that road at night. She said, you walked it. God almighty, we that's walked. a hairy, scary road. You know, did you ever well, not hear the, you. Did you never hear the saying, make sure you have a, bump, a pump, pump on your bike? 
Not sure I probably did. But Actually, sure. listen to his talk. <laughs> At the age we were, like. I don't, I don't have a we pump were. either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. weren't, you weren't you welcome in Carrick Tool. <laughs> we weren't. We didn't go back. But I, I can remember, God bless our parents. God love us. Should they were out of their heads, you know, to walk that distance. <laughs> that road, no lights, no... God, there wasn't oh much traffic either. Oh my yeah. God. Happy days. Yeah. We, had Happy another, days. we had another great incident. What we used to do, we loved at that time. There wasn't much entertainment. We'd follow the GA matches because I suppose we were spotting form there. They still do that though. It's, I think they follow the GA matches and they follow oh, the, yeah. whole, they well, follow the rugby very, players. Yeah, it's very big now. But then like there wouldn't be that many, I suppose, girls as such following <laughs> the men's teams. But we went off on a train to follow the Cove team one time. And, of course, we were shouting our heads off for whoever we had, had our eye on uh, <laughs> in the team. And when we went into the toilets, the women from the other team, they belted the heads off us with their handbags. Oh, for God's sake. So we left that place pretty quick. <laughs> those, those players were spoken for. <laughs> Oh, totally. <laughs> totally. You are as we you are. We had the hope. We had the hope. You and, you and uh, Margaret are mad as hatters, but thanks for sharing the story all the same. Fair play to you. <laughs> no bother. All right. Yeah. Take care, Vera, and hi to Margaret if she's listening. Last bunch of free food Friday shout-outs for Roosters, Piri Piri, Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park. For everybody at Buckley's Uniform Shop on Shandon Street, JMC Transport in Toker, Bespoke Wedding Ceremonies, Sub-Zero Cryotherapy on the Grand Parade, The Clothes Horse Drive cleaners and little treasure crash and carry tool in Castle Martyr. Uh, K. Paula, the fishing boat at sea, fishing off y'all. Dental options in Black Rock. Glen Heights Pharmacy. Morning to all of the staff there, to everybody at Amari Ireland on the Tremor Road. Uh, the gang at Groundworks and Forge Lane in Kildinan are listening. Morning to you all. And also, particularly to Sean, a big day tomorrow getting married to Suzanne, planning a big shindig in Kildinan over the weekend. Quest Software in Mahan are listening. Sigma Homes, Merview Laboratories in Watergrass Hill. The Bath Shack in Douglas, FTC Accountants, Cork West Cork Animal Welfare Group, Lehan Motors on the Kinsale Road, Ryan's Restorations in Tower, and Wisetech in Glanmire. And finally, Area Carpets and Floors, all listening to Cork's Red FM. We'll pick a winner in the next, crikey, in the next four or five minutes' time. The Neil Prendeville Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday, 0818-104-106. And I will get to a lot more texts on Prawn Monday. Sorry, Tuesday's programme, I promise you that, because uh, it's hard to balance the text with the calls, but I do the best I can. La- another few of those things that people apparently complained to Thomas Cook when they came back from the holidays. The roads were uneven and bumpy. We could not read the local guidebook during the bus ride to the resort. The resort. We were unaware of the many things that would have made our holidays more fun because the roads were too bumpy. It took us nine hours to fly home from Jamaica to England. It only took the Americans three hours to get home. <laughs> this seems so unfair. Morning. I compared the size of our one-bedroom suite to our friend's three-bedroom, and ours was significantly smaller. I mean, are these real complaints or what? The brochure stated, no hairdressers at the resort. We are trainee hairdressers, and we think they knew, and they made us wait longer for service. <laughs> think about that. As in, no hairdressers welcome at the resort. <laughs> We were in Spain. There were too many Spanish people there. The receptionist spoke Spanish. The food was Spanish. Nobody told us there would be so many foreigners. And just one or two more. We had to line up outside to catch the boat. There was no air conditioning. It was very hot. Air conditioning outdoors. It is your duty as a tour operator to advise us of unnoisy or unruly guests before we travel. 
I was bitten by a mosquito. The brochure did not mention mosquitoes. And this is an interesting one. I don't know if this one ever actually got to court. My fiancé and I requested twin beds when we booked. But instead, we were placed in a room with a king bed. We now hold you responsible and want to be reimbursed for the fact that I became pregnant. This would not have happened if you put us in a room that we booked with twin beds instead of a king. It's just a selection of the things that keep people complained about coming back from their summer holidays. Can you relate to any of those? Text 0868104106. Now, uh, Free Food Friday winner in the next couple of minutes' time and also our fifth and final Douglas Food Court hamper. I want to do that now. Uh, wish I had more time, but we need to move on. So this is full, chock full of goodies, courtesy of ourselves and Douglas Court Food Court, the Douglas Court Shopping Centre. So in the hamper, everything from Garden Goodness, the Good Fish Company, the Butcher's Block and Hassett's Bakery and having thought about it and it's very difficult to be honing in on one or another but we had such a laugh chatting with Margaret who's currently listening down in the mobile home in Ballybunion and the wonderful story she said about uh, her friendship over the years 52 years with Breda Toomey Toomey Shop and her time working in Thompson's and what have you it was just a great chat so the final hamper uh, to Margaret and I'm happy to say that she has a barbecue down there as well so you can do some lovely barbecuing and thanks for sharing your gorgeous story, Mayor Margaret, regards to you and to Brita. So that fifth and final hamper courtesy of the Douglas Food Court is all yours and thank you to everybody else who contributed. Still to come, our free Food Friday winner and also I'll be opening the phone lines for yet another giveaway. Uh, for another wonderful Cork tourist attraction. Uh, And don't worry, next week I'll have more of them and right across August. When I open the phone lines, it will be Cove Heritage Centre. We have four family passes to give away for Cove Heritage Centre and it tells many different stories down there. A rich history, a rich heritage, lots of stories to do with Cove, Queenstown at the time, Cork back in the day, of course the ill-fated Titanic, the Lusitania, Ireland's immigration and famine story in itself, the naval and the the military history. If you've never been there, it's worth going and those family passes, when I open the phone lines, we'll go to four different groups and you can get down there, hopefully for the very first time. But there's a big event happening I believe this weekend down in the Donkey Sanctuary and just to catch up on it, and I think the Donkey Sanctuary and other places that you haven't been there, people should most definitely visit. Sinead, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Greetings from our donkey sanctuary. And and open to the public and family accessible. Is it popular with families? Absolutely. They absolutely adore it. So many families that come here purchase an adoption donkey, and that would be part of the reason for returning all the time. So with that, the donkey stays here. They get a beautiful pack telling them how the donkey was rescued and came to live with us, a hand-drawn sketch, and then a certificate comes out in the name of the family or who they buy it for, and that's their donkey. And you can imagine the kids' excitement coming back to visit Jaxie or Echo, their little friend which is amazing. And the donkeys are coming from, there's a sad side to the story, where they come from? Well, some of them are rescued and we hear some very sad stories, but I refer to this place as donkey heaven. That's what I describe it as that I'm working in. Once we rescue them, they live happily ever after. It's a, such a beautiful place. To and come that's and a home and for them. life, like, yeah? A home for life. They have safety and security of our sanctuary forever. And even if a donkey is rescued in foal, when the foal is born, they also have our safety for the rest of their lives as well. Okay, so you're encouraging families to come visit over the summer then. I don't think there's even a charge, is there? 
there is no charge whatsoever so what a day they have 35 acres of beautiful grounds to walk around they can see over 150 donkeys on this farm alone and they are such characters you know when you come down we have a donkey that we would clarify as Houdini his name is Claire Morris and he sneaks around opening wow. gates why do you call him Claire, Mar- Claire Morris Claire Morris uh, as in the nurses choose different names and that would be where he would have been rescued oh, from oh right okay um, what has so he got a punch off for cakes is it he, no, he hasn't. What he does is he just opens the gates. The lock, the oh, you said gates. I thought you said cakes. cakes. Oh, no. I'm sure he'd have a cake, too, if we gave it to them. We often do, actually, Neil, give them cakes for their birthdays, especially carrot, carrot cakes and stuff made up, and they love it. We make a big cakes for donkeys. For I get it, I get it. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> the one thing and I Claire can never Morris taste in the carrot cake is the carrot, but anyway, that's carrot. another story. <laughs> so Claire Morris is the gate-opening donkey, yeah? Yes, and also the donkey, if you give him a polament, he leaves his tongue hanging out for one hour afterwards to cool it down. A huge, long tongue just dangling out of his mouth. It's, you have to see this. It is comical. And that's He's a, the only donkey that does it. That's a polement, but next time you should try and give him a triple X mint and see what he does. Well, what I'll do is I'll come on Monday's show and I'll tell you how that went down. I'll try it after. <laughs> Maybe a chilli-flavoured mint. <laughs> <laughs> we'll give it a go. <laughs> What's on this weekend? <laughs> so this weekend we have a paint a donkey workshop. Uh, so we have visitors that have booked in. We have slots in the morning still available. There's eight slots available where they will learn how to paint a donkey. They'll get an adoption donkey as part of the package and they'll get beautiful tea, coffee and cakes during their event. Well done. Is that all weekend or a particular day? It's tomorrow, just Saturday. Now, it's so booked up at the moment, as I say, there's eight slots left in the morning. We are thinking of putting on more of these events throughout the summer. So we would encourage people to look at our social channels and our website. Well said. Keep an eye on upcoming events. Well said, well said. I'm trying to get to as many different tourist attractions over the summer as I can and people should not yeah. forget that the Donkey Sanctuary is in List Carroll. It's open to everyone. Families, kids would absolutely love a visit there. Oh, the, and you know, even yesterday a couple came from Wexford and the lady was probably the same age as myself and she was like a five-year-old getting out of the car. So excited because she adores donkeys and the more I spoke to her about the characters and the personalities of the donkeys she got even more excited there's no age limit on it you know if you love animals it's such a happy place well done on the work you do Sinead have a great bank holiday weekend thanks for taking the call cheers you're very welcome okay free food Friday winners for this week I believe are be great if we can get them on the phone guys if we have time Murray Properties team Murray's Murray Properties see if you can get them on the phone we might be able to get a shout out from them and that'll be 15 or more will be fed a whole bunch of different starters chicken wings chicken skewers beef skewers the main event then will be the chicken pittas the beef burgers the chicken wraps all of the sides and you will build your own cheesecake Dessert. While that's happening, I'm opening the phone lines now for today's family passes for various tourist attractions. No point giving away the donkey sanctuary. That's free. You can just go. But I do have four family passes to give away for Cove Heritage Centre. It is one of the jewels of the crown on the island of Ireland, Cove Heritage Centre. It's been a few years since I've been down there, but certainly it is absolutely terrific. Also, I didn't even mention it deals also with the aspects of the convict ships that went from this part of the world, our parish, down to Australia and Botany Bay and places like that. So get dialing for those callers 9, 10, 11 and 12 on 0818 104 106. And before I leave you for the bank holiday weekend, fair play, we managed to get a line in to Murray Properties. Is this Connor? Connor, good morning. Good morning. Oh, how many of you are there? Oh my God, that 
is the biggest shout out we've ever we're got. So starving here, kid. <laughs> we're starving, kid. Well, <laughs> there's there's a lot of food here. There's plenty to go there's around. There's a lot of people here. We're all here, and we're all starving, and we're we're very grateful. Thank you very You're very much. You're more than welcome. Where's Murray Properties based? We're based up in Mayfield, I'd in the Mayfield Industrial Estate, I'd say, in Port Aldis. I'd say the way things are at the moment, you guys are absolutely run off your feet out trying to find gap, properties. Dave. Absolutely out the gap, you know. And that's why you're one hungry bunch at Murray Properties. <laughs> Enjoy your free food Friday later on today. Have a great Thanks weekend. Have a great weekend, boys. Good luck. Good luck, good luck. And on that, I love you and leave you all. As Murray Properties and Connor just said, have a great weekend. I'll see you Tuesday. For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts.